When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Entertaining and informative. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. The federal grand jury in Delaware indicting Hunter Biden on three gun charges. The president's youngest son could face up to 25 years in prison if he's found guilty of the felony counts, all stemming from his purchase of a firearm at a time when he was using drugs. Special counsel David Weiss alleges Biden lied about his addiction on paperwork and illegally obtained a gun. He had a plea deal that was the deal of the century, uh, the art of the deal. You could write a book on it, the art of the deal. And all of a sudden, that was broken up by a judge who was able to, a brilliant judge, actually, who was able to see through what was happening. They described me and Curtis as Batman and Robin. I don't know which one I am, but whatever it is, uh, my partner in crime, the great Curtis Sliwa, is here. Good Curtis, a rousing round of applause. You bring any more illegal aliens into Staten Island, and we're bringing out the 18-wheel tractor trailers. The independent truckers are going to park parallel. We're blocking the Verrazano Bridge, the Yadda Bridge Crossing, the Bayonne Bridge, the Gothos Bridge. We're going to lock down Staten Island. You don't have enough cops. You don't have enough handcuffs. We'll all go to jail. The last day I could have had a pardon done that would have saved me all of these lawyers and all of this these fake charges, these Biden indictments. They're all Biden indictments, political. They indicted, they want to arrest their political opponents. Only third world countries do that, Banana Republic. So, ready? I never said this to anybody. Uh, I was given the option, I could have done a pardon of myself. You know what I said? I have no interest in even thinking about it. I never even wanted to think about it. Robert, do you guys plan to add um, another quarterback here in the coming days? And if so, what caliber of quarterback are you looking to add? And what will his role be? Yeah, um, we're, we are going to look through some things, but um, but I do want to make it very clear. Uh, Zach's our quarterback. We've got a lot of faith in Zach. We're really excited about his opportunity. Um, but we're, we're rolling with Zach and, um, and excited for this, uh, excited for him. And like I said, this opportunity that he's going to get.
Santa, yes, the beautiful tone of the great Diana Ross, touch me in the morning. Personally, I'm not a morning guy. I like sex much better at night, but I'll take what I can get it. <laughs> so, good morning. Happy Friday, everybody. Welcome back to the number one news talk show in New York City, or as Curtis says, around the country, we are sitting friends in the morning here on Talk Radio 77 WABC. You know, I'll tell you, for the... Um, for the first time in months in a long time, when I walked out of my house this morning at 4.15 a.m. and Gene picked me up to drop me into the city, I walked out outside my house and I didn't wear a sport jacket today. I didn't wear a jacket, a, you know, a full jacket today. I'm just wearing a button-down shirt. And I was cold. Uh, now, again, I live right by the beach. I get that, two blocks away. But this was the first time I felt that crisp air and I know it's going to be about 75 and sunny by today's end, but this morning really felt like a full day. So, Lewis, you live only a couple blocks away from me. Did you get that same sense when you walked out this morning? Like, wow, it's kind of chilly out. It's coming. It's coming, right? Yep. Because yeah. I'm up. I'm up on like the fifth floor. Well, I am on the fifth floor. Yeah. And open the door, and oh man, it's cold. It's cold. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, it's all good, though. I well, liked it. No, I like it, too. I like it now. I'm not, I'm not thrilled about December. I mean, let's not forget how cold Christmas was. And that disastrous day was when all my uh, pipes froze and burst. And had to spend the next almost six months living back in New York City, which was hell. It was on Christmas Day, right? Christmas Day. Christmas Day. Wow. Well, Christmas Day was the cold day when my, my pipes actually froze. It was the day after the 26th. And I remember exactly what we were doing. We were invited by my dear friend Anthony Carone, who lives about five blocks away, to go to his house and enjoy like a Christmas day at his house. And I said, Danielle, I'm going to go shower. And, of course, the water wasn't coming on. And the next thing you know, uh, the water did come on, and it was flooding my whole house, four floors. So I never got to Anthony Carone's house, and that was the beginning, as you guys know, of that uh, basic nightmare now, which cliffed. Did a very good job, and the house came out great. But my God, was that a mess. But it was freezing those couple of days. It wasn't a bad winter, not much snow, and not a lot of ice-cold days. But Christmas and the few days after, brutal. Not that cold this morning, but fall is definitely here. I will start with the big rally last night, and Noam did a great job all morning long talking about it on his show. And uh, we uh, we went back to Floyd Bennett Field we had done one rally there before. It was the third rally that I spent with Curtis Sleva. One of those rallies was put on by Assemblywoman Jamie Williams. That was the one in the Toys R Us parking lot on Flatbush Avenue, right across the street from the Marine Park Golf Course. That wasn't ours. We spoke. We were there. People loved us. That wasn't ours. The two Floyd Bennett Field rallies, ours, Curtis Sleva and mine. So the first one about a month ago was packed. But the reason why, as I told News 12 last night and other news outlets, the reason why we were even more crowded last night was about a month or so ago, it was becoming a real possibility, if not probability, that these illegals, not migrants, not asylum seekers, these illegals, we're coming to Floyd Bennett Field. Now, contracts were signed, and they be coming. So last night was our last-ditch effort to stop it from happening. And there is some precedence, again, 
They've done a terrific job on Staten Island. Curtis Sliwa, Scott Lobato, Johnny Tobacco. And they've got some politicians that actually care about the people. People like Vito Pusella, the borough president, Nicole Maliotakis. Staten Island has really been the, um, well, I guess the leader of the pack when it comes to the boroughs trying to stop this from happening. You know, Curtis had a bunch of rallies out in Queens by Creedmoor. So we had our second rally last night. I don't have any of the uh, the cuts here. I don't think I do, at least. Noam, you have uh, some of those cuts from last night? I think I do. Those cuts that Noam played this morning, and I'm about to play right now, uh, the audio was not great because they're authentic. These are the actual cuts taken from the actual rally. We had a speaker system set up, Tom Sullivan, the great Tom Sullivan, the guy that runs his campaign, Tom Willis, showed up for the second straight time with a microphone and a couple of speakers. And now you're in the middle of a field with hundreds of people. So the audio doesn't sound great, but that's exactly how it sounded last night. So there is something to be said, Noam, for authenticity. You're going to get that right here. So what do you have exactly? Me, Curtis, what do you got? I got, let's see, here's some Curtis. You're in a hut in the third world country, and then all of a sudden you're at the Milford Plaza, smoking weed and drinking cerveza, and going up and down the streets on a motorbike in Vespa, no license, no registration, and the cops say arrest you and turn you loose. Why? Because you're an asylum seeker. Now, if you were a young man with high levels of testosterone, where the hell do you think you would want to go? New York City. And they're coming by the thousands. Yeah, he made the point there that I've been making for weeks now, and I'm not sure that the guys on Staten Island like it, but tough, and that is I don't blame the illegals. And he made that point there. If you wake up this morning in Honduras and you see some guy, random guy, get shot outside your apartment and you've got the promise to come to New York City, and like uh, Curtis said, weed and drinks and women live on the beach by me. Who wouldn't make that choice? So I don't really blame the illegals. Now, I start to blame them when I see stories like I've seen now a bunch of times the last couple of weeks out of Pennsylvania, out of Buffalo, where some of these illegals are raping, they're murdering. That is happening, folks. You're not going to hear it from Eric Adams. You're not going to hear it from Kathy Hochul. You're not going to hear it from Joe Biden. But there have been some very, very violent attacks the last couple of weeks by these illegals in other cities around this country. And we still can't blame them because, again, they're allowed to come basically with open arms from these political leaders, including, from the very beginning, Mayor Eric Adams. Any more from Curtis? I think so. Let's see. Uh, here we go. You bring any more illegal aliens into Staten Island, and we're bringing out the 18-wheel tractor trailers. The independent truckers are going to park parallel. We're blocking the Verrazano Bridge, the Adams Crossing, the Bayonne Bridge, the Gothos Bridge. We're going to lock down Staten Island. You don't have enough cops. You don't have enough handcuffs. We'll all go to jail. So my buddy's a cop. Lou, you know who he is. He's also my PA guy from my house. He's a great guy, big Mike Butler. And he said to me after the rally, he goes, hey, was he serious <laughs> about blocking all the bridges? And I said, yes, he was. <laughs> Hello, did, have you met him? <laughs> you know, when we had this um, this rally at Toys R Us, they actually shut down the bridge. 
And I said to Butler last night, I said, that wasn't right. And he said, well, listen, they, they said there was an accident on the bridge. <laughs> I say, yeah, okay. There was no accident on the bridge. They cut it off. They wanted to make sure more people didn't come. So anyway, Curtis, when he says something at a rally, just so you know, he doesn't just say it. How do I know that? Because as Andrew Giuliani would say, Kobe Bryant once scored 81 points for the Lakers against the Raptors, which was enormous. And Curtis Lee was about to be arrested for the 81st time, matching Kobe's point total against Toronto. You don't get arrested 80 times for making unveiled promises. Is that fair to say? I would think so, yeah. yes. So he's going to do all that. He's going to cause some havoc in what he calls civil disobedience because I wouldn't do it because as John Katzmatidis, I was on John's show yesterday with Curtis about 5 o'clock yesterday afternoon, and he said to Curtis, he said, do me a favor, make sure Sid doesn't get arrested. I need him in the mornings. <laughs> so, so I'm not going to get arrested, but uh, Curtis is out there, and he's willing like Nelson Mandela. Yes, I've just compared Curtis Lewa to oh, Nelson gosh. Mandela. Oh, my God. He's willing to give up his own freedom for the better of the people. That makes him a hero. Do you understand that? He is a modern-day Jesus Christ. <laughs> Shut up, Lou. <laughs> if I didn't laugh first, you were going to really laugh. So I do want to thank uh, all the speakers last night. We started with the head of the Republican Rockaway Party, excuse me, the Rockaway Republican Party, and her name is Mary Glynn. She's terrific. You like her, Lou? Yes, liked her very much. She cool. She cool. Yeah, very cool. Then we had uh, the great Tom Sullivan. You hear his name on this show all the time. He got jobbed. He won his last election, Assemblyman in Queens. Stacey Piper Amato, that witch, she stole it. But uh, we know the truth, and Tom Sullivan serving in Afghanistan, Iraq, Kuwait, actually threw bodies over his shoulder, saved lives when the buildings were crumbling on 9-11 while Stacey Amato was eating pasta at Lenny's. Tom Sullivan was there last night. He spoke. He's going to run again in 2024. Then we had Paul King. Paul lives in my neighborhood. He ran against Gregory Meeks, who's a real douche. Then we had Jamie Williams, Assemblywoman Jamie Williams. She's a Democrat, but I actually like her. She's a common, here you go, John, there's your common sense Democrat, Jamie Williams. And then, of course, we ended with Curtis Sliwa. And when the rally was over, me and Lewis went over to my buddy John Mazzoni and Joe, their Italian restaurant in my neighborhood, La Sorrentina. And a lot of folks who listen go to that place. And we had dinner with Joe Murray. You know Joe Murray, a known, very famous attorney? Yeah, of course. Him and his uh, girlfriend, Jody. Izzy was there, a, a doctor from Maimonides. Some other guy was there. He was hilarious, an Italian guy from Bay Ridge, but I forgot his name. I did, I did too. I felt badly. If you guys are listening, let me know. Yeah, just text to Sid. <laughs> yeah, text me. We had a great dinner there last night, and uh, those guys at La Sorrentina are terrific. And then, uh, of course, at the rally, you had Mike Sullivan, my dear friend, the great Mike Sullivan, his sister-in-law, Karen Barbano Sullivan, her brother, John. And then I tell you, at one point, it's about to wrap up the rally. And I notice there's like a uh, religious Jew, very heavy set guy, religious Jew. And he's like making his way towards the front where I am, you know, because I'm the MC of this rally. 
And this guy, he's like a bull in a china shop. He's like moving through people, and the next thing you know, he's in my space. And I don't like it when people are in my space. You know? I mean, the guy was practically attached to my hip. So I turn around. This is true, Noam, and Phil, and Lou knows this. I turn around and I go, let me ask you something. Who are you? What are you doing? People are like smiling at the guy, and they had no idea who he was. He asked to step in front of me at one point. I said, "Go be my guest." Yes, he just stepped in front. He walked right to the front like he was an important guy. Yeah, you don't look like you were in taxi, so you you taxi driver. So go ahead. So I go, "Who are you?" He goes, "I'm nobody important." I go, "Okay." So it turns out the guy's name is Heshi Tischler. You know who that is, Noam? Right? Is he? I know the name Heshi. Who is he? Not Hesse Jorgenbaum, our friend from Immodities. Oh, that's what He's I was He's a guy that, that uh, had some controversy. I guess he ran a couple years ago. I don't even know who the hell the guy is. <laughs> but this is why they call us Jews pushy. Oh, yeah. I'm serious. True. He was a real pushy Jew. And I can say that because I'm Jewish. <laughs> right. <laughs> somehow, somehow this son of a bitch was standing right in front like he ran the damn rally. <laughs> so um, anyway, Hesse, if you're listening, Shana Tova, good Shabbos. Get the back of the line, buddy, okay? Jesus. You've seen enough. I've seen enough. Yeah, Yeah, please. (laughs) But I guess the uh, the biggest story today on the national front is that Hunter Biden has been indicted on federal gun charges. He got this gun while he was doing drugs, and uh, that's a no-no. So what uh, what exactly is the latest gnome, and what is this kid facing? I heard maybe a maximum of 25 years. uh, Well, he's charged with allegedly making false statements while purchasing that gun, uh, possessing the gun while he was addicted to drugs. So lots of questions of how he was able to do all that. And um, those charges came, of course, after that plea deal fell apart earlier this summer. It's not clear what's going to happen to him. I mean, he could, could potentially get jail time, but I heard... Alan Dershowitz was on Katz and Cosby yesterday, um, and he said there's no way he's going to get jail time. He didn't think that was going to happen and that his defense would be a Second Amendment fence, that he has the right to have this gun. So it, whatever's going to happen is going to be awfully interesting going forward. So what do you think is going to happen? Dershowitz say what he thought was going to happen in terms of punishment. Uh, he didn't think he would get jail time, in, and it might end up like what he was initially going to get. It was, you know, sort of a slap on the wrist, not a whole right. lot more. right. I just got a text from Dr. Mark Siegel early in the morning, but uh, the great Dr. Mark Siegel. You ready for this? You'll never guess what he just texted me about. You want to take a guess? Uh, you think co- COVID? COVID? Right, right, COVID. First, very good guess. Wrong. Lou, you want to take a guess why Dr. Mark Siegel just texted me? It's not COVID. He, he knows the person we had dinner with. Okay, not a bad guess. Incorrect. Macedonia, Phil, I'm not going to ask you. So uh, <laughs> he here's the text at 6.14 a.m. Do you want 12 nicknames, including a preseason game, for pa-pa-pa? The price. Uh, here, give me the price. Uh-huh. We'll give you your choice of games. That's what I'm paying. What's the price? Four Gs. I got to do that, though. For 14 games? That's not 12 bad, games. 12 games. 12 games, including a preseason game, and I get the game of my choice. I can pick my game. So, uh, like, Gabe, I can pick the Nets. I can pick the Lakers. I can pick the Celtics. Where are the Sheets? They're downstairs. Then yes, she has good seats, though. Right? They're pretty yeah. good. I mean, they're not as good as Corey Zelnick is, is second row from the court. Yeah, yeah. you know, Corey's got the best seats. Bill be, O'Reilly yeah. has great seats. Right. Uh, Siegel is still downstairs. They're very good seats. Very good. Twelve games, and Gabe—that's his favorite thing. Well, he's even trying out with the JV basketball team at his high school. Well, I invited Siegel on at nine thirty. I'm going to haggle him down. 
Here's my second reference. I'm going to chew them down. <laughs> what is it, Stereotype Friday? <laughs> oh, it's fun when you're, when you're actually, it's like Chris Rock. Chris Rock can say the N-word as much as he wants. As last I checked, Chris Rock is black. So I can make fun of Jews all I want because I'm Jewish. Great. I'm going to make fun of the Irish the rest of the day. Well, you know, and, no, yeah. see, the Irish people never do that. You guys have no sense of humor. No. <laughs> I mean, yeah, none. No, no, they don't. None. Yeah, you're way, way off. Oh, my God. Are you kidding? Did you walk past that Jameson's bar last night? All your people hammered. Yes. Just hammered. Right. Well, Thursday you... night, Vikings, <laughs> Eagles. Right. Jeez. Way too hammered for a Thursday night. Are you kidding? <laughs> like, hey, I got to get up in three hours. Goodbye. Two tickets per game is um, is what he's offering. So I think I have to do it, right? That's a good deal. Really good deal, right? Yeah. You guys want to throw me a couple of bucks? I'll give you a game or two. I don't know. But... I might take a game from you. You would? Yeah. All right. I mean, I know you like your son likes that stuff. You were at the Giant game on Sunday, so yeah. you're good like that. Phil wants to go, but he has no money. And uh, Lou doesn't care as long as they serve beer because he's Irish. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> it's that type Stereo of Stereotype Friday, baby. Right. Stereotype. <laughs> all right. We've got a big show coming up today. Big, 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 big show. We're all in a good mood. It's Friday. It is the uh, Jewish New Year. starts tomorrow, so... Happy Rosh Hashanah, Lashana Tova, all that good stuff. Brian Kilmeade will join me coming up at 645. Curtis Sliwa, Andrew Giuliani, Joseph Takapina, uh, my favorite Trump next to Donald, Lara Trump, Lee Zeldin, and more. It's Diana Ross on your Friday morning with me, Sid. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mm-hmm. What flavor are you holding? Now open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning, 77 WABC.
Psychedelic furs. Oh, baby, I love the furs. Having Friday morning. You know, I, I do this like once a year. For some reason, it scares me, but can't explain it. You're, gonna, you're going to, though. I'm going to explain it anyway, yeah. I posted a picture last week of uh, me and Peter Gordio. Peter's a dear friend of mine, great actor, Graves, and you know who Peter is. And the picture's got to be, I don't know, a year old, maybe two years old. And I noticed in the picture that I had a goatee. And I thought it looked pretty good on the picture. But I hate hair. Like, I hate it. Like, I buzz my private parts. I get my body shaved every two or three weeks at the barber. Nothing is more gross to me than seeing a hairy guy. Like, you go to the beach... Guys got hair on the back. On They look disgusting. I don't mind a little bit of chest hair. Like, for example, uh, JFK Jr., very sexy guy. God rest his soul. He had some chest hair. It looked pretty good. But most guys that work out, they shave their bodies. It, it makes my wife furious. She's got to get over it. Silly. So I don't like hair. So for me to grow anything on my face is a big deal. But... um this is about the time of year I do it because I'm still tan, very tan. And I don't mind the facial hair if I'm tan. So I just wasted about three minutes telling you that I'm growing a goatee. And if you go to my Instagram page, at Rosenberg.Sydney, at Rosenberg.Sydney, or my Facebook page, Sid Rosenberg, follow me today, you will see I put up a picture about an hour ago promoting today's show with all these great guests, right? Curtis Sliwa, Brian Kilmeade, Andrew Giuliani, Joseph Tacopina, Lee Zeldin, Lara Trump, they're all coming. So I put up the picture, and I've looked at my own picture, I'm a psycho, like a hundred times, trying to figure out whether or not I like the, the goatee or not. And it's making me crazy. So, Like I can't even focus on anything else. What if it doesn't look good? What if, you know, and I've asked my guys... Lou, Macedonia, Phil, who's in for Alec today. I don't think I've asked Noam about it, but I asked the other two guys about ten times. Well, forget it. Come out of the elevator. So is it looking, if I go this way. Well, because you haven't given me, like, a really strong answer one way or the other. I I gave you a strong answer yesterday. What did you say? I said it's got to grow in more. Well, it's it's grown in more today than yesterday. Okay. What do you think so far? I start, I'm starting to see it now, Uh, yes. Okay, what do you think? I think you're starting to look a Kind of scary. Sort <laughs> Looks of scary, scary, right? Because now I see the Fu Manchu kind yeah. of outline. Is it too it. much? You kind of look like I, Bill Goldberg, the wrestler. Yeah, that's right. You look like, Gold, a like Bill Goldberg. Bill Goldberg. He was scary. I so know I Bill of... Goldberg very, very, very well. And yeah. he's Jewish. And he's a little <laughs> bigger than I am. So he fits Friday. Good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Rosh Hashanah coming up tomorrow. All right, so it's very simple. And I can move on to important stuff. Uh, they do, we'll come back. Don't worry. Okay. No, I'm not like that. No, you, not at all. <laughs> Lou, yes or no, do I keep it? Keep it. All right. Uh, Macedonia, Phil, yes or no, do I keep it? Keep it, Goldberg. And uh, Noam Layton, yes or no, do I, I keep it? You know, I think it's going to, is it going to come in gray? Do we know? Yes. It? And and I, that's the thing. People have said to me, 
you're tan, and when a little bit of gray comes into you, it looks great. They love that. Yeah, I think that might look good. I can't tell right now because yeah. it's not much there. Yeah. Right. So, I, but you right. could start to see a little. The gray is. You can in. see it. It's hot, right? Uh, no, I did not say that. <laughs> yeah, I think you did. I <laughs> no. think you meant to say it. No, if I said it last night, it was I was overserved. You had two drinks. <laughs> no, for, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. Back <laughs> yeah. My, okay, back to my food now. Thank you. It looks <laughs> oh, Lou loves a a chicken cacciatore. That's one of his favorites. I found that out last night. Hey, uh, Noam, give me this uh, uh, Heshi Tischler. I believe he ran for city council here one day. Yeah, you know, when you were saying his name, I'm like, I know that guy. So he had a radio show for a while called Just a Little More Heshi, which was actually a pretty decent radio show. I don't remember. What station yeah. it was on. He's a smart guy. But where he became kind of a well-known member of the community, you'll remember this story. Back in 2020 in October during the height of the pandemic, he held a pro-Trump anti-mask rally in Borough Park that attracted hundreds of members of the Orthodox community. Uh, some fights broke out. The police came in. Uh, he was uh, given, he was arrested for incitement um, after some of his supporters were arrested and um, it got kind of ugly but then he became sort of this well-known individual who became this anti- on love this him. anti-mask crusade. Love him. No, I love him even more. Look at this asshole, Andrew Weissman on MSNBC. He's on right now. He's promoting his new book. He's a legal analyst. You ready for this? His book is titled Alvin Bragg Keeps Winning, dot, <laughs> dot, dot, and no one's talking about it. <laughs> Look, look, no, what does it say? You read uh, yeah. it. You it, read it. It does say that Alvin Bragg keeps winning and nobody's talking about Alvin it. Alvin Bragg keeps winning. This is a white Jewish. I, I mean, my people are the biggest problem in this city. I'm serious. They are today. The Jews are the absolute worst. The absolute worst. They vote Democrat, even Dershowitz. They vote Democrat. Alvin Bragg keeps winning. What has he done, this son of a bitch? This city's a mess. Let's what has he done besides try to arrest Donald Trump 15 times? Well, what we, has he done? We better start talking about it. <laughs> yeah, no <laughs> one's talking about Alvin Bragg, all these big wins. All right, we got all these guests stopping by. we got Joe Nolan with Traffic 2. Thank you, Noam. Right now it's time for the 77 WABC minicast clip of the day. Everything you need to know in under 10 New York minutes. Download and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and get the max out of mini. Listen anytime on the 77 WABC app. Today's minicast is from the Rita Cosby Show. Here, Rita talks to New York City Councilwoman. We know her very well on this show. Joanne Ariola. The mayor has said that he doesn't see an end in sight. I don't see an end in sight until this president plugs the border, and I don't see him doing it anytime soon, which means that maybe that whole airfield is eventually going to be covered in tents or whatever else. And what's going to happen when it gets cold, when the weather gets cold? Well, this, these are the questions, and these are the questions that I posed when I wrote a letter to Reed Nelson, the executive director of the National Advisory Council on Historic Preservation. It is their job to make sure that whenever a, a historically preserved land like Floyd Bennett Field has community input and environmental impact studies, none of which was done. This is Sid on Sports. Oh Sponsored by Fearless Boilers on 77 WABC. This is Sports, sponsored by Pete Morgan and Peerless Boilers. Go to PeerlessBoilers.com or PavilionTankless.com for a dealer near you. They are the world's best-built boilers. The Yankees had a doubleheader against their pals in Boston after getting rained out the night before. First game was a doozy for the Yanks. They went scoreless in a 5 nothing shutout loss, but bounced back in a tight affair in the latter game. That, of course, was until Oswald Peraza stepped up to the plate in the top of the ninth. 
Swings and launches one deep left center field towards the monster. And some key insurance for the Yankees on a two-run blast off the bat of Peraza. That cut courtesy of Fox. Peraza's first homer of the season closed out the scoring in an 8-5 to win for the Bombers over the Red Sox. They are back in action tonight starting a fresh series against the Pirates at 6.35 p.m. Start time. Garrett Cole set to start that one. As for the Mets, they put a beating on the Diamondbacks, smashing the Arizona Ball Club 11-1 to to take three or four games in that series. They, too, are starting a new series tonight. The Mets hosting the Cincinnati Reds in the 7.10 p.m. start time with David Peterson taking the mound for the Orange and Blue. Week 2 of the NFL season is officially underway in this week's Thursday night football matchup. The Philadelphia Eagles were triumphant on their home turf against the Vikings, despite Kirk Cousins' monster four-touchdown game. Jalen Hurts has yet to look himself early into the season, but the Eagles rushed their way to a 34-28 to win to improve to 2-0 on the season. Sports, again, sponsored by Pete Morgan and Peerless Spoilers. Go to PeerlessSpoilers.com or PavilionTankless.com for a dealer near you. They are the world's best-built boilers. I am Phil Dixon with 77 WABC. The digital dollar could give the feds control of your money. Get the digital dollar report. Call 1-800-862-6970 and also receive a $1,000 credit from Priority Gold to protect your money. Or just go to digitaldollarreport.com. Please note, the information provided does not constitute financial or investment advice. Sit in friends in the morning. 77 WABC. Early on a Friday morning, sitting friends in the morning. Of course, on till 10 o'clock. What comes your way at 10 o'clock? The man, Brian Kilmeade. You know him. Oh, you know him. Fox and Friends every morning on Fox News. He's got his own great show, One Nation, 8 p.m. every Saturday night. And again, after me at 10 o'clock every morning, one of the real pros in our business and certainly one of the hardest working men you'll ever meet, my good buddy Brian Kilmeade. Happy Football Friday. Brian, how are you? Good, but uh, Sid, I have a correction. Yeah, it's uh, the show's now going on at nine o'clock. They're going to move Mark Levin at eight, so I get to follow Mark Levin. So, so it's going to be great. It's moving... still, it's still a lot of WABC talent. So Levin is now moving from Sundays to Saturdays. Both, he's doing both. Oh, he's doing both. Yeah, I mean he's a monster on the weekend. I mean he's monster. Period. Uh, oh. But he has been doing so well. They said, Brian, why don't you move to nine? Yeah, uh, have a have Mark Levin at eight. Right. So it'll be great. You should have said no. Why? Because your ratings are good, and who cares what Mark Levin does? I would have said no. Yeah, but nine. But nine o'clock is a great is a great slot. It's better than eight o'clock. Yeah, but Dan Bongino had it for a while. He was doing fantastic. Okay, good. All right. I just want to make sure they think them. Listen, I, Mark Levin, I think, is overrated. Uh, they need to take care of you. You're the guy that's uh, doing Fox and Friends. You're doing the show on the weekend. So if you're happy at nine o'clock, I'm happy at nine o'clock. Okay. Yeah, Mark Levin. Mark Levin is the, one of the coolest guys. He's fine. As are you. He's fine. Him and I have been, have been in a fight for a long time here, so. You really? know about this? No. 
Oh, yeah, so he was um, really pissed off because a couple of months ago, I know Andrew Cuomo's in the news today. He's out there. Maybe he's going to run for president, maybe governor, senator, who knows. But Cuomo is now making his way towards returning. I know he spoke publicly for the first time in a long time last night, talking about the immigration issue, said it's a federal issue. Shut up, Andrew Cuomo. It's not a federal issue when they're in Floyd Bennett Field, three miles from my house. It's my issue. But long story short, he, uh, he was on the station a couple of months ago, and John Katsimatidis, who we love dearly, decided to take an hour from Mark Levin and give it to Andrew Cuomo. And uh, Levin went on the air on his national show that night and just blistered John Katsimatidis and me because when John was on my show promoting it, I didn't defend Mark Levin and say, John, you shouldn't do it. And he actually called me skeevy or, or uh, I don't know, he, he used a, an adjective that was really not very nice for no reason. All I did was comply with what my owner wanted to do at my station, so I've lost a lot of respect for Mark Levin. Well, you guys have to work it out, and I believe that's why you need Dr. Drew. Dr. Drew <laughs> has the type of therapeutic background to get you guys in a room in group therapy and make it some of the best radio, makeup radio ever. I like Dr. Drew. He's great on your TV show. He should make that happen, but uh, getting back to Cuomo for a second, I'm not sure if you know this, but yeah. last night... We had a, a huge rally, me and Curtis Slewa, back at Floyd Bennett Field because it looks like now Floyd Bennett Field is no longer a possibility or a probability, more like a reality. So now we're really trying to shut oh. this down at the last second. I know, it's, it's unbelievable. We had this, uh, this uh, big rally last night, and over a 1,000 people showed up, and people wow. are just furious. And this continues, I know, no, St. John's Villa Academy back in the news on Staten Island. So Eric Adams beats his chest. Andrew Cuomo makes excuses for the city and the state. Kathy Hochul blames everybody else. But in the meantime, us folks, us taxpayers living in this city, we are fed up with all of them. It's unbelievable. And to see the Democrats fight Democrats to fight Democrats and the Biden administration not taking any input. Not speaking to the mayor, not speaking to the governor, not giving them a one-on-one meeting. Do they know, as Andrew Cuomo is right, do they know politically this is bigger for them and hurt them more than Roe v. Wade hurt Republicans? I firmly believe that because everybody is affected. The the mom who's got a five-year-old about to start kindergarten, can't get into class. You want to get a hotel room. You walk to work. You see the illegal immigrants just sprawled out on the ground or bursting out of the hotels. You want to go play a soccer game at Randall's Island. It is canceled. Your kids got to go to Westchester. Their home games are all rescheduled. This is affecting everybody, and they've done nothing wrong. They've done nothing wrong except live in New York. And New York is a magnet. And these clowns who think getting them to work is going to help are bigger idiots than the ones that well, allow this to happen to begin well, with. Well, listen, when they talk about getting them to work is going to help, you, you understand that they're liars. Kathy Hochul says it. The mayor, Eric Adams, says it. They want them to work because as soon as they get jobs, guess what they're able to do right down the line? They're able to vote. And the fact is that these people will vote Democrat because Hochul's allowed them here. Adams has vote, has allowed them here. So, so don't, don't fall into the trap that, oh, Hochul and Adams actually care about these people's self-esteem yeah. and they want to improve the workforce. It's all about one word, votes, which makes these city and state leaders even bigger scumbags. I, I, I really think this is, this is going to be big. I think that all the taxes, the lack of services, the crime and immigration 
are all making people say, why am I a Democrat? You know, at the very least, Trump said, I will give you federal troops in Chicago. I will help you out in Portland. Tell me in New York what you need. I will give. And they said, how dare you bring that up? We can handle it here. We want to build the wall, get rid of sanctuary cities. I'll bring you to court. And they won. And I'm going to stop you from building the wall. And he took him three years, but he finally said, just give me defense funds. I will do it. And now everything that he tried to do that they pushed back on and thought were short-term victories are blowing up in their face. And I know Republicans got to make some uh, you know, progress, so they got to attack Trump and said, you didn't finish the wall. But when you get to the play-by-play of this, this was courts. These were courts and judges saying, you know, you're not going to be able to uh, finish this. This is, you know, uh, the Republican House and Senate that says, I'm only going to give you $1.8 billion. These are These are people that push back on these Trump policies. And they and they they ripped them and and you know CNN went to town and MSNBC what do you what is this martial law sending federal troops out to bring order to the streets and now people are saying I'd love some order in the streets <laughs> and know right. who's in my streets illegals so this is why the these and you were the, you were first and I admit to it but this is why people are looking past the midterm elections and are looking now at their reality and saying that fifty to forty one. Wall Street Journal poll, Americans, Americans prefer Donald Trump's policies to Joe Biden. And this is why Trump is surging. I would just keep a low profile and let Joe Biden blow up and these Democratic policies incinerate and let Trump stay on the outside. You know, do the court thing, send your lawyers in, stay on the outside, let them fight. Almost like Biden did letting Trump deal with the pandemic. Biden would just pick his spots pandemic i can't go out it's too dangerous and let trump make the tough decisions and you always tick people off when you make tough decisions right or wrong so it's a fascinating time you know what's interesting about what you just said brian kilmeade of course follows me every weekday on this station fox and friends in one nation now 9 p.m on saturday nights is you were talking about this eventual trump biden rematch and uh, trump who was on nbc last night talking about the possibility of pardoning himself and all these other stories yeah. the impeachment inquiry uh for a while there you weren't ready to go right to trump and biden you were still talking about the santis in the primary and well, nikki haley so have you finally finally come to the crashing realization that it's over and these folks aren't going to catch donald trump because it is over i don't think it's over but i, I do uh, but i but i i'm not i'm not it's just too early I mean, it is September. We have to wait till January for Iowa. Yeah. We don't even know well, when Trump the is New killing Hampshire everybody. primary Trump, is. Trump is killing everybody in Iowa right now. He He's is. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But you know what it's like? This, saying San Francisco is going to be in the Super Bowl because they look so good week one. I go, yeah, they do. They look fantastic. And I think, yeah, if you, if you made me bet, I'd go, yeah, Niners. But we got 15 more weeks to play. Yeah, but here's How the deal. How do you deal. like that oh, but no, It's a great analogy, and here's why you even proved my case even more. Because the 49ers, let's not forget, were in the NFC Championship game last year. So it's sure. not a stretch to go, oh, my God, they may win one more game this year. Same thing with Donald Trump. He was already a great president once before, so it's not a stretch to think he can do it again. You know, if you said to me there was a team that won four games last year, looked great in week one, I would say, whoa, slow down. But the Niners are Donald Trump. They've been great before. They're going to be great again. Well, I'll bring you to something else. Who would ever predict that Vinny Testaverde in 1999's Achilles tendon was going to blow, <laughs> and the and the and the the team that went with Bill Parcells, who went to the championship game, yeah. uh, would all of a sudden be also Rans? And who would ever predict Aaron Rodgers? 
You know, so here I am before the season going, look at this team. I watch them on hard knocks. Who's going to beat them? And then Rodgers goes down. The unexpected happens. So I'll wait. I, I feel no urgency. I'm not on, dra- you know, DraftKings uh, like you are. And I'm not out there, you know, <laughs> needing to make money now. I'm just going to sit down and enjoy the play-by-play. Okay. And, uh, you know, and you know, you'll be there because i got to give Trump credit. He goes on with you. You know, he goes on. Megyn Kelly sat down for 90 minutes. Do you know Joe Biden hasn't had an interview since July? Yeah. 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 So, I mean, whatever you think of Trump, he sat down with NBC last night. Kristen Welker, I think it's on Meet the Press, so it's first week. Yes. Why would he do that? You know, NBC has been brutal to him. Horrible. And he said, all right, bring it in. CNN's yeah. been horrible to him. Oh, you want to do an hour? I'll do it. <laughs> when have we ever seen anything like that? At the very least. And, you know, I listened to Megan Kelly's podcast yesterday. She sent it over to me and she said, whatever you think, he sat down for an hour with yeah, me. Yeah. Would Joe Biden ever do that? Never. And she, you know, you know, never. Yeah. So I just give a, we're never going to see anything like this again. No, we're not. It's kind of sad. I do want to move uh, one more to the impeachment inquiry, talking about Biden and Trump. And, uh, you know, I, I don't get people like Chip Roy and Matt Gates and Marjorie Taylor Greene. I agree with you. I just don't Thanks get it. I mean, that. Kevin McCarthy is out there. He's trying to do the right thing. He's trying Absolutely. to impeach this guy. He's working on behalf of the Republicans. And that's when Republicans start to lose me, those psychos all the way to the right that can't control themselves. Tell me what Kevin McCarthy is doing wrong, that any Republican would be critical of what he's doing. Sid, I'm so glad to hear you say that. Because I'm in the practical lane. It doesn't really matter, you know, if I, you know, when I'm hanging out at the barbecue or the tailgate, if I ever get invited, and I don't really get invited to many places, um, you know, I, I might tell you, I might come off real conservative, okay? But if I was, had the job of being a New York congressman, and I was in a purple district, and I walked in there like Matt Gates, I, I would, I would not have that job more than two years. So Gates comes out and says, if you don't do exactly what I say, he's in a safe district, in a safe conservative area in Florida, I'm going to get rid of you. So Bobert's ridiculous. He's an embarrassment. I mean, she's out there getting thrown out of plays and, and vaping in a theater and all this crap. But, you know, they go out there. What planet are they on? I love Chip Roy. I want to fix the border. But go in there, roll up your sleeves, close the door and say, how can we get maximum leverage? Like you're buying a new uh, AMC Pacer. You go, how do I get maximum leverage in order to get this border done without shutting down the government and at the same time not shutting down the government and shutting down all my investigations along the way? Everything that you're doing just stops, and then Republicans get blamed. So you better impeach. You better get into a vote, or I'm going to oust you. And McCarthy, behind closed doors, went crazy evidently yesterday and basically said, you guys can keep your speakership. Go ahead. Uh, go get rid of me. But um, I'll fight you. And I just think that was uh, awesome because you can't just – you can't continue uh, to kowtow uh, like Mike Lawler was on yesterday. And he said, I'm not at impeachment yet. And he goes, you know what? Matt Gates is ridiculous. And he called him out. And, you know, Bobert is ridiculous. And uh, uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene is ridiculous. Do you understand that we are all not in safe districts, that you have to represent the people that elected you? My people don't want an impeachment right now, and I haven't seen enough. I'm not stopping you, but don't expect me to vote for something that is 
going to destroy my career and misrepresent the people who are listening to us right now. I'm so glad to hear you say that. We got to be in life. You have to be practical. You got to do the possible. That is uh, 100% true, Brian Kilmeade, uh, as always. So are you moving One Nation uh, this Saturday to 9 p.m. or is yes. it next Saturday? This. This Saturday. Saturday night, uh, yeah. All right. So, um, and, and believe me, it's a, it's a great thing, and I hope everyone tunes in. we got to get course. you back. Of course. I love that. I love going on that show. I love watching that show. Who's, uh, who's hopping on this Saturday night? Okay. Uh, I'm going to lead with Harold Ford. He's going to give me the five people that should replace uh, Joe Biden. Then I'm going to Pierce Morgan because he has an accent. And then Arthur <laughs> Brooks wrote a book with Oprah Winfrey, my only real friend, even though we haven't met, uh, and about happiness. And it's fascinating. You know, he used to run AEI, big conservative thinker, kind of changed his life around. He teaches a course at Harvard about happiness. It's a, it's fascinating. And uh, the book is number one in the world. Uh, he will be on. And uh, we're still booking a couple of guests, judging by what the news does today. All right, sounds like a great show. One Nation, folks, trust me, 9 p.m. now, Saturday nights on uh, Fox News. And, of course, you can catch Brian every morning on Fox and Friends and right after me here on WABC at 10 a.m. As always, Brian, kill me. Terrific job. Have yourself a great weekend. Enjoy the family. Enjoy the football. We'll do it again next week. Stay within yourself, sir. <laughs> Everybody loves that. He has he had no idea, Brian Kilmeade, when he started that Stay Within Yourself, how big that was going to be. But I can tell you this, that's going to be the title of my next book. My third book comes out. <laughs> yeah, how dare you? I'm suing you. <laughs> how dare See you? you? See you later. Actually, you can get sued by Greta Thunberg. You used How Dare You twice. How dare you? Brian Kilmeade, everybody, coming up at 10 o'clock. More of Sid and Friends on a Friday right after these words. Always within reach There's a crossroad Where all the victims meet I close my eyes And see her face That's all I want to see Deep inside It still amazes me Sid and friends in the morning. What you say? Be just a friend. Oh, you're my best friend. 77 WABC.
I officially made this Curtis Sliwa's entry song like Mariano Rivera, Metallica for Fridays on a Disco Friday, Brothers Johnson Stomp. You know Curtis, of course, gets big ratings noon to one every weekday. Huge ratings all weekend long on the overnights, but really does his best for a kill at minute. Right here with me every weekday morning, he has become a rock star, and it's all because of hard work. The icon, the legend, Mr. Guardian Angel, whether it's Creedmoor in Queens, St. John's Villa Academy on Staten Island, or Floyd Bennett Field in Brooklyn, Curtis Lee was going to be there for New Yorkers, him and his lovely wife Nancy, who works very, very hard alongside with him. And now I've been to three rallies with Curtis, three. Two at Floyd Bennett Field and one at the Toys R Us parking lot in Flatbush Avenue. And I got to tell you, I had some good speakers there last night. Mary Glynn, Tom Sullivan, a hero, Paul King, Jamie Williams. A lot of fine people showed up from Mike Sullivan to Joe Murray to Joe the Box. I like that guy. But when Curtis Sliwa arrives, I am telling you, he gets a bigger reception than McCartney and Lennon. And deservedly so. Because if your community is in trouble... If you need help, ladies and gentlemen, you don't have to call. Not Mayor Eric Adams, not Governor Kathy Hochul, certainly not President Joe Biden. The man to call is Curtis Sliwa. Curtis, congratulations. Great night again. Well, thank you. Thank you, Sid. And uh, the mayor, Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan. Last night was at Un Blanc. <laughs> That's where everybody wears white and the, with the trendoids, the freakasoids, the jet setters. And just to stick it into him and all the other trendoids, I said, well, if you have to take these illegal aliens, why not put them there where the U.S. Open just finished, where the rich people will go absolutely nuts? I, I never heard you say that before. We, we talk all the time, and I said it, John Katsimatidis has said it. I said it about three groups of people. I believe criminals, not that they're all the same people, but criminals, homeless and illegals should be put on Rikers Island. I've never heard you say well, the tennis center. That's brilliant. I intellectually ripped that off from Anthony Weiner, my partner's uh, on Saturday. Uh, uh, he came uh, up with that uh, idea because he had gone to the U.S. Open. And I said, brilliant. These rich people would go nuts. The U.S. Open Association, right, which, oh, oh, you know, they got their nose in the air like they just don't care. Not like the peeps who showed up at these rallies. And last night... You know, I had to almost fight my way through Brooklyn. There was so much traffic. So I'm going through Middle Village. I'm going through Glendale and Queens. Then the Jackie Robinson Parkway. And I'm in the heart of East New York. And the brothers are out there. And they're ripping. I get out of the car. Get the... Yo, Steve, what's up? The homies want to take cells. You know, they want to photobomb it. And then I'm going through Brownsville. Never ran, never will. And then through Canarsie to finally get there. And it was like... The biggest crowd we've had at any of the rallies, Sid. Is that right? Even without, bigger than Staten Island? Without a doubt. No kidding. As far as the eye could see. I know. You know, I look behind me, which is further back in that field, which heads towards the aviation day camp. All I saw was people. And looking forward, which would be Flappish Avenue, as you make your way to Mill Basin to the right and the bridge to the left, all I saw was people. Biggest crowd yet. In fact, he had to walk a mile uh, to find any parking space I know. Uh, in National Gateway Park. Unless, of course, you're friends with Mike Butler, who's a good cop. <laughs> but let me tell you something. These rallies are getting larger and larger. And Sid made an excellent point last night. As we stood there, as he was introducing me, and thanks for the salutations and greetings who's made this all possible, 
uh, Nancy Sliwa, who does the deep dive, the e-attorney. She checks, double checks, triple checks. I was able to announce last night a major victory. It doesn't get the attention that it should. Yvette Aguilar out in Riverhead. That was this a great story. You should tell this story right now. This was back in May when everybody was doubting me and cursing me and calling me a liar everywhere and then I'm manufacturing and making stuff up. I had warned Yvette. I said, Yvette, uh, Eric Adams is talking directly to real estate owners in your town of Riverhead who own uh, boarding uh, houses and also hotel motels, no Holiday Inn Express. And he's uh, planning right now to lease space there to put illegal aliens in. And I gave her all the names and locations. And she did due diligence and checked, and she said, you're absolutely right. I'm issuing an emergency order right now. We're banning anybody from renting or leasing any space for the purpose of transporting illegal aliens in. And then that Nordwell, Steve Ballone, the county executive on his way out. Oh, my God, what a hot mess he is. He's a guy that showed, if I'm wrong here, correct me, he's a guy that showed loyalty to James Burke, that yes. scumbag cop, yeah. right? So he was uh, he was maligning me. Democrats and Republicans were maligning me out there. Yvette Aguilar stood strong. You know that Eric Adams... He looked at her and he said, I can turn her into a speed bump. He used corporation counsel, our money, our tax dollars, to sue her and the town of Riverhead. And then just yesterday, the city of New York, Eric Adams had to say, no mas, no mas. Curtis's information was all correct. And Yvette Aguilar was a champion in court because the city of New York said, we don't have a case. You know, you made the point last night, too, and congrats on that, once again being right. Oh, congrats uh, on Yvette Aguilar for standing strong. But you made uh, a couple of points last night about a few women. You know, here was, uh, for example, Jamie Williams out there last night. She's a Democrat. I don't like Democrats, but I love her. Oh, she's she's had to walk the gangplank. Right. She's she's getting stabbed in the back by her party, just like Republicans stab you in the back. I know you mentioned a few other ladies who have been very integral in this fight for us. Uh, Yvette was one. Jamie Williams was another. I thought there was one more woman you mentioned last well, night. Well, it was a group. Remember, the grandmothers and mothers out at St. John Peele Academy. Yes, Staten Island. Every day they sit in a vigil 24 hours a day. They're the ones who say to the illegals when they try to sneak them in, hey, why are you staying out here? Manhattan, they give you hotel rooms, plasma TVs, right, playstations, and they do it in five different languages on an audio. And you know that most of the illegal aliens, when Eric Adams tries to slip them in under the cover of darkness, three in the morning, they say to the supervisor, yeah, what the hell are we doing out here? This place looks creepy because it's dark. It's a residential area. There's no nightlife. There's no place to smoke weed and drink cerveza like they can do in Midtown at taxpayers' expense. So nine out of ten go right back. And yesterday in court, a judge will determine the future of St. Johnville Academy. It's looking good. Judge Ozzie was all over the city of New York's positions like, wait, you're violating zoning regulations. That's a residential area. Are you sure this isn't just personal? And notice last night there were no drones overhead, uh, although they have more cops than, than I've ever counted before. Hey, let me let me advise all the police departments. This is a pro-police crowd. This is a Blue Lives Matter crowd. You could have maybe four cops to do traffic control. You don't need it to control the crowd. 
Put the cops out there to do what they're paid to do to fight crime because crime is escalating all over. Did you see all the cops that they had out there? Yes. As if we were Antifa and Black Lives Matter. Uh, we were just missing the drones. I mean, so are you telling me that all those cops, and there were tons, Lou uh, could attest to this as well, they were all there because of us? Because i got to tell you, at about 5 o'clock last night, um, outside on my second floor deck, I went out there to call John Katsimatidis because you and I yes. were on with John and Weed. It was a very, very nice uh, interview. And thank John for inviting us. And I don't know if you heard in the background, but there were helicopters. Yes. Did you hear those I in the heard background? those, yes. So uh, am I to believe that helicopters and cops and all this stuff were there because Curtis and Sid yep. were having a peaceful rally in a Brooklyn field? Remember, the six helicopters at the NYPD, they do a great job. Uh, they're housed right there at Floyd Bennett Field. So it's very easy for them to go up and observe. But at least they didn't have the drones. I mean, that would have been another insult added to injury, that they're spying on tax-paying, law-abiding, patriotic citizens. Remember when I was speaking, Sid, I said, these are our people. These are the people we grow up with in Brooklyn and Mill Basin and Marine Park and Georgetown and Canarsie on one side and Gravesend and and every area. Well, you, you, you did it again. You left out the one place where somebody had to remind you last night, Gerritsen Beach. That's right, Gerritsen. <laughs> they got wiped out in Superstorm Sandy. You're correct. And then naturally, the Irish Riviera I mean, we talked about all these neighborhoods, these people. These are the people who did not leave. Now, some of them have second homes in Florida. They got one foot out the door. And I said, we got to fight for what we know is right. And then when I used the term, up the rebels, yes, from the wolf tones, the Irish understood what I was saying. Love it. We are going to take it to the powers that be. Well, you said it last night. You laid out the plan. And, and I said this earlier, my, my friend Mike, the cop. Walked up to me afterwards, and he loves you. He loves me. He's, you know, he's a good guy. And he said, uh, is he serious? And I said, I can tell you this about Curtis Sliwa. If he says something, whether it's on the radio or at a rally, he's always serious. So, you know, well, I remember when Barack Obama took a lot of abuse because he, like Joe Biden, would kind of give away the plans of attack before. Yes. You kind of gave away those plans last night. Always do. Transparency, unlike City Hall, unlike Albany and Washington. But, what, but what if the cops go into action and shut down what you're planning on doing? Don't forget, when you and I were at that rally in Brooklyn at Toys R Us, they shut the bridge. Yes, they did. But you know me. I operate under the radar screen, Sid. Again, nobody ever thought we'd be winning at St. John Villa Academy True. with grandmothers and mothers. See, that's the strategy. I out-strategize them because they sit on their asses at one police plaza <laughs> yeah. watching the big screens like, oh, my God, there are thousands of people there, thousands of people. But let me tell you something. So then tell, tell these people right now what you plan on doing. Well, all I got to do is take a page from the police PBA playbook itself, 1976. Remember I said that, Sid? They shut down the Bell Parkway in 76 because they weren't getting out of good pay or benefits. I remember Phil Caruso, who became the PBA chairman, was just a trustee at that time. And then when there was Ali Norton at Yankee Stadium, same year, 76, the off-duty cops shut down every entrance and exit from the Deegan to the Bruckner. You couldn't get in. Everybody was wondering. Where's all the boxing fans? This is a great boxing match. Anytime Muhammad Ali was in the ring, half the crowd couldn't get there. I'm telling you, one police plaza, and you, Eric Adam, and all your sickle fans, toadies, and lackeys at City Hall, they call every day and try to get me fired, along with Kathy Crime Wave Hochul's crew up in Albany. 
I am going to lead an effort to tie this city up in knots. You will end up saying no mas, no mas. There are not enough handcuffs. There are not enough paddy wagons. There are not enough cops. Look at these rallies. And my fellow Republicans, you better wake up. You're taking shots at me every day. You have been my worst enemy. You have been disparaging me. You have been trying to do everything to undo what the people are doing. I don't trust politicians. I don't trust Republicans or Democrats. I trust the people. And let me tell you this. Your friend Joanne Ariola sent out a letter yesterday. Oh, we should all unite against Biden, against Hochul, and fail to mention the number one fiend and foe, Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan. In two years, with or without the help of the Republicans, I'm coming forward. So Republicans, if you want to stand in my way, you watch what people power can do. Because all of you Democrats and Republicans, you have forsaken the people. WABC. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. Now, this is one of my favorite Journey songs ever, Only the Young. Boy, Steve Perry was so good. It was a uh, movie that I liked when I was growing up, and it starred Matthew Modine. And the name of the movie was Vision Quest. And Madonna made her big screen debut in that movie. She was singing, what was that first song, I think, Crazy for You, that was her first real hit? Yeah, I think... She in was in a movie? bar yeah. singing the song that Modine showed up in in the movie. But the movie starts, he's a wrestler, and he's doing his morning jog, his morning run. And this song, Only the Young, 
is playing. It starts the movie, Vision Quest, with Matthew Modine. Been a great show already. Curtis Sliwa, amazing. Brian Kilmeade, excellent. And still lots more to come. I mean, lots more good stuff. Andrew Giuliani, Joseph Tacopina, Lara Trump, Lee Zeldin, Dr. Mark Siegel, all coming up uh, today. My friend Macedonia Phil is back. For some reason, he was excommunicated. You know, I could talk to Chad Lopez about just about anything. He's He runs a station. I know John owns it. And, you know, John, of course, is the boss and Margot. But Chad is the operating guy every day, the president, and he's great. Chad is the only guy with balls in this town to bring me back. All these other program directors wanted to bring me back. Yeah, but I don't know. Sid's got a history. Shut up. Be quiet. Chad actually showed the balls. He did it. So, for example, today's Friday. You know what that means? Ratings day. Every Friday, the weeklies come in. And while most political talk shows in this town are getting two eights and three ones, I come up with six three. Six three. So when I get those ratings, I can't wait to text Chad and say, way to go, brother. We did it again. And I could talk to Chad about anything except for Macedonia film. I bring him up and he gets nuts. I swear to God. It's yeah, almost it's- like, like, you know, you know, calling uh, some ethnic group a slur. It's like attacking a family member yes. or something. He gets, yeah. I don't get it because it. the day that they took Phil off the show, I got pissed. But I didn't make a big deal about it. I didn't, you know, go to John and Margo and say I'm quitting. But I was angry because I was never given to this day a reasonable explanation other than we need board ops. Go hire somebody. Don't take my guy. You know, you don't mess with a championship team. If you got a team that's winning a, a championship, you don't start taking away their players. So the one show they should never touch here ever is mine. Leave it alone. Grab from Kelly and, and anybody else. Only, uh, uh, whatever his name is, uh, Buster. <laughs> Buster Oli. Whatever. <laughs> but you don't mess show. with, this is a championship team. And they grabbed Phil and also left us undermanned because we're a four-hour show. We use a lot of audio. We need to help. So, yeah, I wasn't happy about it, and I'm still not. But I moved on. Now, Macedonia hasn't. He has since developed a heinous drug problem and is taking all kinds of depression medication and ruining his body with stupid tattoos. Yeah, one after another. Yeah. Non-stop. So clearly this poor kid, his life is over, but nobody cares. But today, because Justin Ellick went to the Eagles game last night and did too much coke and drank too much, now Macedonia Phil is here for him this morning. That's quite a synopsis right there. It's such a wow. nice way to say you missed me. Yeah, wow, thanks right. for that. I've, well, well no, I, I, I do miss you. I, I just I had to explain, I had to give it some context. Yes, and the repercussions okay, yeah. of his life right now well, are devastating. Well, you could see. Clearly, it. I'm obviously not in a good place. So. Plus, he lives in. Uh, there was, you know, somebody got murdered in Bushwick last week. I was thinking about you. You live in Bushwick. Yeah, it's a shame. I dodged that bullet. Yeah, like you actually want to get um, murdered or something? I'm trying. I'm like jumping in front of taxis to keep <laughs> yeah. serving out of the way. It's just something. What is uh, the, the part about this job that you like the least? The, what do you mean by this job? Well, I mean, uh, you're still here. I remember yes. when, when the news came down, you're like, I'm leaving. Like as if he has like leverage, like he's going somewhere. Like, like they're looking for him, you know. What are we going to so do, go, about, leaving. Go, what are we gonna do like, about Dixon? Uh, we got a problem. Unless you're going to be at the New York luncheonette this afternoon serving me, uh, you know, a, uh, a tuna melt. Where the hell are you going to go? So you're still here. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm still so here. Clearly you weren't all that upset. No, I'm happy here. You are happy here? Yeah, of course. You hate every other show except for mine and John's. This is not something I ever said. Well, you have said it to me. Oh, you mean on the... Oh, this on? 
I might be working at the luncheonette later tonight. If you want to come by afterwards, I'm going to be serving up. I'm only kidding. You love this place. Yeah, it's fun. You love this job. What else am I going to do? You? Yeah. I've oh, you are the, the, the options are endless. Yeah, well, yeah, that's true. Neurosurgeon. I thought of Run that. Homeland Security. Yeah, the right. options are endless. Macedonia. Yeah, but I chose. I chose. It was my decision to be the local board operator for the Greg Kelly show in the afternoon here. Yeah. I would uh, think that if given that choice or going to prison for 10 years, you would take jail. No, definitely. Yeah. One thing, one thing yeah. you can't do Free is thera- therapist. That's for sure. <laughs> well, have you tried running in front of cabs? <laughs> I got some solutions. They're avant-garde. Man. That's a good way to fix your life. Well, we're glad to have you back because you're, you're very funny. you got great instincts. And um, you're cute, so thanks for coming in today. Yeah, well, I'd be happy to be cute. Well, you are cute. Thanks. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. By the Rolling Stones. The hell are they angry about? I guess they could be angry that they're in their 80s and they got all this money and drugs and women still love them. And I guess it makes them angry that they're kind of running out of time. I mean, although we've been saying that about Keith Richards for a long time. He ain't never going to die, that guy. No, I don't think he is going to die. Never going to die. All right, we've been through, um, again, great show. Starting with Brian Kilmeade, earlier Curtis Sliwa, who's always amazing. And again, congratulations to Curtis showing up on the Brooklyn side of my neighborhood last night. Floyd Bennett Field and uh, once again orchestrating and hosting another big rally. And he contends it's the biggest one yet. It was a huge crowd last night. But a guy that knows my neighborhood very, very well because he campaigned there when he ran for governor. He's a god on 129th Street. They love him. He's got a great 2 o'clock show on this station every Sunday afternoon at 2. And he's the son of the greatest mayor in the history of this country, who just Monday commemorated 22 years since his best efforts on 9-11. He is my dear buddy, Andrew Giuliani. Andrew, good morning, bud. How are you? Sid, good morning. Great to be with you. You know, I really thought that maybe you and Curtis would be in the slammer this morning. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, myself and Macedonia Phil might be called in to do the show or something. No, it like would have been you. But I'm glad to see you're out. I'm it, glad it, to see it, you're out. It would have been you. I told you last night, like with the Jets, with Aaron Rodgers, next man up, here comes Zach Wilson. So I did tell you last night, if I did get arrested, which was never going to happen, never, you would have been the guy to fill in this morning. But it didn't happen. So. <laughs> Well, well, you know, look, you you are you are the Aaron Rodgers. Uh, you know, let's see, let's see what Zach Wilson turns out to be in this year. Because man, I feel bad for I feel bad for the guy after seeing that. I've seen actually Aaron Rodgers a couple times out of Trump Bedminster this year, and the guy seems like a fantastic guy. I just said hello in passing, but the first time he actually came up, he pulls a football out of his trunk 
and he's playing catch with the valet guys, and then he signs footballs yeah. for the valet guys. Yeah. So I feel bad for the guy. You know, I do, Even too. I mean, I do, too. You know, again, unlike Favre and other quarterbacks that came here, he came here and he bought in. He loved it. You know, Taylor Swift, Rangers, Knicks. He wanted to be the quarterback of the Jets. He he was looking forward to it. And I felt badly, too. But before we get to the political stuff, being that you brought up Aaron Rodgers and the Jets, you, like me, you're a diehard football giant fan. I sat out there Sunday night knowing I had to be up early on Monday for 9-11 in the rain with Gabe and Ava in a brutal, brutal place where we left when it was 33 nothing Dallas in the third quarter. It got worse. Our Giants lost 40 to nothing. Now, I know they're in Arizona on Sunday. Arizona is so bad, the Giants are nearly a touchdown favorite on the road, but that's because Arizona starting quarterback Kyler Murray is not back yet. Was that a one-game debacle for the Giants, Andrew, or are you concerned now for the rest of the year? I hope so, and they better win on on Sunday because you got the 49ers coming up, which may be arguably the best team in football right now. You can argue they certainly are one of the top couple. So they better get the job done this Sunday because if not, then it's going to be 0-3 really quickly. Um, you just have to hope that all the bad plays ended up getting out. And, Sid, you know, the first two and a half minutes started off so perfectly. Yes. Looking, and then you, have, then you have the fumbled snap, and then you have the block kick, and it was just a complete unravel since then. So the good news is, they didn't give us two losses in the win column that night. They just gave us one, and let's hope we can get back on our feet because that was ugly. That was Giants and Cardinals and the Jets and Cowboys, both late starts, both in the 4 o'clock hour coming up on Sunday. Andrew, you uh, the week started, of course, with Monday. You were here. Uh, after I was done, we went local instead of Brian Kilmeade, and you and your father hosted a great show, great show on Monday. You were down there at the ceremonies, Ground Zero. Let's kind of rewind the tape a little bit to Monday a few days ago, what is it like going down there? You were a little kid on uh, 9-11. Of course, I know you watched your dad operate, and you had no idea, I don't think, the immensity of it back then. Now, as an adult, a father, and a husband, what's it like being back at Ground Zero? Uh, eerie, right? It's eerie. It's sad. You know, you think it, it doesn't feel like it's 22 years. I know you said that uh, in your show that you hosted so well on Monday, and that opening Thank segment you. was absolutely beautiful. I think you, you paid amazing tribute to all the heroes and their families. Um, but it, it doesn't feel like it's 22 years. And I'll, I still remember the, the cocktail of emotions, if you will, that, that I felt that day. And, you know, I was in New Jersey starting uh, my fourth or fifth day of high school at that point. Um, but it was a combination of this, you know, sadness, this anger, this, uh, you know, what's next. And it's a, a feeling that I've never felt, uh, never felt before. I've never felt since. And uh, to me, it, it's it's still so present, especially when you go back down there. And, you know, Sid, I, I've only gone to the museum maybe twice in my life because both times that I went, it's tough to walk through the entire museum uh, you feel like you've just, um, yeah. you know, like you've just done it, done a, uh, I don't know. You feel like you've done the whole day there, even yeah. if you've been in for an hour, hour and a half. And what people don't so, realize is, when you say that, that means a lot because I know where you live. I mean, I live. Yeah. I used to live for those couple of months when my house got ruined. I was there on uh, in those towers, about a three minute walk. You live right there. You can go every day. 
You know, Sid, a couple moments that happened Monday morning, and, and one of them I detailed, but I just want to run back again with you, was, you know, I got there about 7.30, because I do live right there, so I got there a little before everybody, and I was by the, the North Tower there, where the North Tower was, and I just uh, looked at a woman who was crying, kind of silently crying, but you could see her emotionally crying, and I thought... You know, she's probably felt this way for 22 years, every single day for 22 years. And then I ended up walking over to the South Tower, and one of the first names that I saw just came right to me. I wasn't looking for it. I didn't even know it was right there, but was Stephen Siller. I couldn't believe it, considering the connection we have with Frank. But it was just kind of one of those moments. And and you think about this with Stephen, right? Obviously, the sacrifice that he made that day, how the family still feels. You did a great interview with Frank talking about how it's still sad to him. But you think about the legacy that he has left and the heroism, basically, that so many people know about uh, and the lives that he's affected, the lives that he's affected from people that have come back more. It's, it's amazing. It really is. Yeah. And, of course, uh, your father played the most integral part of anybody. And George Bush, 43, huge, don't get me wrong, and Pataki and Bernie Kerrick and all these folks. And your dad, uh, like I said uh, last Monday, no matter what he did the rest of his life, and he's done nothing wrong other than been a really good attorney for a friend and a president, Donald Trump. That's the worst thing he's done, the worst thing. Uh, He will always be a hero for me. And, and of course, just last Thursday, we celebrated 102 years here with WABC. John and Margo put on this really extravagant, beautiful gala. It really was. I'm not just saying it. It was gorgeous. Cipriani's great party. You could make it because you were with your dad out at Bedminster with Donald Trump raising money for your father. I think you talked about this last Friday, but just give us an update on how things are going with your father in terms of money and how he's feeling these days in terms of his head. How's he doing? Well, look, the event at Bedminster was spectacular, and we know it wasn't going to be as good as the uh, 102nd year anniversary at WABC, and John and Margo were so thoughtful to understand and, and been so supportive of myself and my father. But it was good. It was a very good start to what we needed. I actually was with President Trump yesterday again at Bedminster discussing the Mar-a-Lago event. We're working on a date. When, when, is, he, when is he actually leaving? If you were with him yesterday, when is he actually leaving to go back to Florida? You know, Sunday or Tuesday. He's playing gotcha. such good golf right now. He doesn't <laughs> want to leave on Sunday. So, you know, everybody's saying, hey, you got to get down on Sunday. I guess he's got an engagement down there on Monday, but he's trying to see if he can leave on Tuesday or Wednesday. Now, he'll be leaving here pretty soon uh, in the next few days. Um, but but I got to tell you, it, it was uh, it was a very good start. It's great to see all the people. And it's great to see all the people that have contributed because of that and hearing about this and you being so wonderful, Sid, and having me come on the show, talk about it. And we're going to plan something really big at Mar-a-Lago here for December or January. Where, Good. You know, we're looking at having a couple hundred people come at Good. this thing, and it's going to be wonderful, great way to celebrate them. You know, Sid, before we move on from 9-11, there's one other story, if it's okay, that I wanted to tell. Because the moment that you ended up having my father on with Mike Piazza, obviously, as you know, it was a great way that you introduced them saying, who's the biggest Yankee fan you know, Mike? (laughs) And sure enough, Rudy Giuliani. But I didn't get this in my show the other day, and I was thinking about how to do it. You know, one of the guys that I've gotten to know pretty well over the last bunch of years through the golf world is actually John Smoltz, the Hall of Fame pitcher for the Braves. And John talks about that day from his perspective. Obviously, you know, is such a massive Mets fan, those Mets Braves rivalries, they might have been even more heated than the Yankees-Red Sox rivalries those days. They hated each other. You know this so well. 
So they prepare for the game. They say, you know, look, look, we were a team that was always prepared, always ready to go. But even that day, we were kind of walking through the motions. We find ourselves leading in the eighth inning, and all of a sudden, Piazza hit the home run. And he said, Bobby Cox was a son of a you-know-what. He was just the toughest bastard you'd ever meet in your life. And, and they walked into the clubhouse that day, and they all sat around, and Cox just waited for about 30 seconds in silence. And he said, the right team won the game. Wow. How about that? Won the game. Wow. We're going to beat, we're going to beat their ass tomorrow, but the right team won the game that, that night. Wow. That can make me cry right now. Bobby Cox, one of the greatest managers of all time. That's a great story. Andrew Giuliani here and uh, John Smoltz is one of the all time greats. Don't forget 20 game winner as a starter and then 50 plus saves as a closer. He was amazing, Smoltz. You know, uh, one more talking about 9-11 and terrorists and that awful day. You know, of course, that uh, me and your buddy Curtis Sliwa, really Curtis, had this big rally again in Brooklyn last night. And one of the things we talk about is we, we hate to blame the illegals. You know, I don't at least. I don't. I'll speak for myself. I don't blame these people. Again, if I was living in one of these third world countries, had the opportunity to come to New York, I would come to, okay? I blame the, the, the officials, the Adams, the Hochul's, the Bidens, Mayorkas. That's who I blame. But the truth is, is there are some bad people. There are some bad people. We've seen a couple of horrible stories out of Buffalo and Pennsylvania of rapes and, and people getting beaten up by these illegals. And fresh off the heels of 9-11, less than a week of the 22-year commemoration, there's no doubt we know for a fact that ISIS, Taliban, al-Qaeda have made their way or are making their way to this country. How terrifying is that, Andrew Giuliani? It's terrifying, and you're absolutely right. You detailed Buffalo there. You can also see what's gone on at the Roosevelt Hotel and the fact that there are over 40 arrests that have happened, basically, in the last couple of months, most for domestic violence. You know, on the show on Sunday, I'm going to have Tim Ballard. Now, Tim Ballard is actually the guy who Jim Caviezel played in The Sound of Freedom, which was an absolutely moving movie. If you haven't seen it already, I'd recommend any of your audience see it. He's going to come on on Sunday, and one of the things – that he and I have talked about, and I've heard him talk about before, is what this actually means for the child trafficking. The fact that you don't have the security set up at the border. He said a lot of the pedophiles, a lot of these traffickers, these coyotes, we caught at border crossings trying to come in. So if you end up laxing that at the border crossings, whether it be the southern border, where it just gets a ton of attention, or the northern border, which doesn't get as much attention, but you know, relatively is close to as big of a problem these days. It just means that it's going to be that much easier to exploit these kids uh, for sexual for sexual gain, which is which is just unbelievable to think about. It's unbelievable. It is gross. And my daughter Ava is actually going to college. She goes back for her second year to uh, Wales on Tuesday, and uh, she uh, wants to spend the rest of her life defending these poor girls, and and she actually wants to go to the FBI at some point, which scares the hell out of me, but I'm glad you brought that up because that is a huge issue, sex trafficking in this country, and I can't think of anything more grotesque than that. With that said, Andrew, you the man. You are the mother-effing man. That is a great segment. We'll all be listening uh, at 2 o'clock on Sunday. I love you, pal. Thank you so much. Thanks, Sid, and let's go Giants. we got to get back to one and one I don't want this season to be over before it even turns to October. Come on, let's go Big Blue. Let's go, baby. I love it. And you're right. They're going to lose week three to San Francisco. That's a very good football team. So this is uh, almost, almost early on a must-win for the Giants. That's Andrew Giuliani. Check him out, everybody. 2 p.m. on Sundays. That's a smart kid right there. Apple did not fall far from the tree. Halfway done. Has this not been a great show?
Andrew Giuliani, Curtis Sliwa, Brian Kilmeade. Still a lot more to come when we get back. Oh, he's the best of all those Donald Trump attorneys. My dear friend of 46 years, the great Joseph Tacopina, will also talk, talking about Trump, to his beautiful daughter-in-law, Laura Trump. She'll be here at 840. We're going to talk to Lee Zeldin coming up at 910. And is COVID back? Dr. Mark Siegel coming up at 930. Keep it right here. Sitting friends on a Friday. Friends in the morning. For my friends. 77 WABC. Been a great show already. Brian Kilmeade, Curtis Sliwa, Andrew Giuliani. A lot more still to come. I'm going to bring Curtis back for a second time. The New York Times did a hit piece on all of our rallies. We'll get to that with Curtis. Ricky Gold will be here next, making picks on your college and NFL weekend. Then we'll talk uh, outside of Donald to my favorite Trump, and that's his daughter-in-law, Lara Trump. She's on every two weeks. I love her. She'll be here at 840. Lee Zeldin coming up at 910. And then Dr. Mark Siegel, COVID is back. He'll be here at uh, 930. But uh, coming up right now is a man that everybody knows. Of all the Donald Trump attorneys, all of them, he is far and away his best. Sorry, Alina, but Joe Tacopina is the best attorney Trump's got. He's also my buddy now going on 47 years since carpooling together from Bedford Avenue and Crenton Road to uh, Diker and going to uh, Poly Prep. Here he is, fresh off an appearance at the Miami-Texas A&M game last Saturday, the best defense attorney in the country, the very handsome and rugged Joseph Tacopino. Good morning. Oh, wow, what a great, handsome, rugged, best. This is, you know, i got to pay you to get on the show. I really do. This is beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> he goes complete for the week. Thank you. Sir. No, you're welcome. Thank it's you. a shame you don't smoke. You'd be uh, you'd ask for a parliament about now, right? That's a double orgasm right there. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you're funny. You're texting me from the game last week, and I go, Joseph, Joseph, I went to Miami. 
I was there with Bernie Kosar after he beat Nebraska. I lived in Boca Raton. I've been to a thousand hurricane games between the Orange Bowl and the new stadium where the Dolphins play in North Miami. It's the worst home field advantage in college football. In fact, Kirk Herbstreit, Kirk Herbstreit on Saturday morning on ESPN game day, when they asked him to pick the game, he picked Texas A&M because he said, and I quote, it's not like the Aggies will be playing in front of a hostile crowd. And he's right. Now, Miami really? won. Miami won. They're 2-0. and I'm excited for my Hurricanes. I went to that school. But you've got to stop with the home field. That is a horrible sports town. Horrible. No, 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 no. Yep. You're completely wrong. First of all, Jesse Pollard. I live there. In my opinion. <laughs> Yeah. Jesse, hold, that's an eon ago. How many years ago was that? Sid? And moved listen back six me. years ago, Joe. Six listen, years ago. I was brother. there during the glory oh, days. Yeah. There's two things I'm going to say. First of all, Jesse Palmer, who for my money is the best pound-for-pound pound college football analyst in the country. He's amazing. This guy's funny, and he's smart, and he was the former Florida Gators quarterback. He said, and I want because I watched the repeat of the game that I was at because that's how crazy I am. Yeah. He said that it was the loudest he's ever heard. He's a moron. He's a moron. He's a moron. No, he's a moron. It was so loud. No, he's a moron. Let me let me remind you, Jesse Palmer, by the way, also played for the Giants. He was the first bachelor. That's Jesse Palmer. He's great on college. He may not be a good quarterback (laughs) or a good bachelor, but he's a great college football analyst. Let's put it that way. But let me say this to you. That the, the Hurricanes are unique. Let me tell you why. The U invented swagger. They, when they're back, oh, college football is a different place. And out. if you look at the last 40 years back of national the... champions, right. aside from the five Miami Hurricane National Championships, right. every other school Joe. is a monster school. Joe, Joe. 80,000, That was 2000. You have to go all the way Miami? back to Ken Dorsey in 2001. The last 20 years, now, I was there. Yeah. What what other school? You even said to me the Orange Bowl during the hurricane dominance in the 90s was not even that good. No. They have 10,000 kids in that school. They have 10,000 kids in, in a Penn State. Listen, class. listen. So, listen I, I'm a hurricane the guy. Level, the hurricanes don't need. The hurricanes don't need 100,000 people. Listen to me dominate. carefully, okay? That's what happens on the field. I'm a hurricane guy. They've been lousy for 20 years. Don't talk to me about the five championships. You got to go back to Butch Davis, Larry Coker, and Ken Dorsey in 2001. I've been through Randy Shannon. I've been through Al Golden. I've been through Mark Richt. I've been through that clown Diaz. Now look. Mark, Mark Wicks had the team as a good team. They were good. They did nothing. No, 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 no. no. When when you win, when you win championships, the barometer is not to win the ACC, which Miami can't even do these days. So you know what? If this guy now, Cristobal, Has him back on the right track. That's good news. But don't talk Miami football. It's been 20 years of nothing. Nothing. No, no. But it doesn't matter. The impact they've left on college football is still okay. dominant. How come the ESPN 30 for 30 series, they only, they've only done two episodes on the U? There's not another college that they've done. No, because be, you're on. right. And by the way, that, the U is so that, guy, so dominant. that guy that did those series is a friend of mine. His name is Billy Corbin. He also did Cocaine Cowboys. And, and, he, and yes, there Amazing. was a time when I was in Coral Gables when Miami was great. That was a long time ago. But listen, listen. It's you not, want... not anymore. Well, Mario let's hope so. Ball is a master recruiter. Dude, this team destroyed Texas. I know. No, I'm excited. Their offensive line is bigger than the average NFL I know. Line. I'm we excited. We ragtagged them. We ragtagged them. They should be 3-0. So and it, was, it was a different world. They're a 50... they are 3-0. Well, yeah, they're, they're, well, yeah, right. They're going to beat Bethune Cookman tomorrow. They'll be four now. They but, won last night, brother. You missed that. They oh, they win. Okay, okay. Yeah, I wouldn't watch that they game. Won. It's, right. But you went to the game, as far as I know, with a guy. Now, look, I'm going to preface it by saying this: I don't dislike this guy. 
I thought he was treated unfairly. It's not his fault he showed up to a Yankee team that already had Derek Jeter. Not his fault. I don't dislike him. But, but, much like Sammy the Bull Gravano, he is a rat with a capital R, Alex Rodriguez. So, so, so I know you're saying that to get a reaction from me. That's, that's okay. I appreciate it. Well, but, but I'm also being honest. You are a genius. I'm also being honest. But no, you're not being honest. <laughs> you know, you're not being honest because you don't know what, if you're being honest, you don't know what you're talking about. Right. So stupidity instead of honesty <laughs> is reigning supreme right now. Okay. Because let me tell you something. He, what, he's not a rat. He's never, and I was there. I'm giving you firsthand testimony. He was not a rat. It's the most ridiculous thing I've ever... It's a rehash story from 10 years ago. It's a rehash story from 10 years ago. Alex never had to give up anyone else, never spoke about anyone else. And if you listen to what the stories say, and they're stories that are based on opinions of others, okay? Not on facts. I spoke to the reporters. I asked them, do you have the documents? Well, I don't have that document. No, I've not seen the document. I just heard from somebody else. You know, journalism, the standards of journalism have gone down to about you know, my ankles at this point, and, and said, you know that. You see yeah, what happens yeah, out there, right? Yeah. Alex did nothing. And it's so ridiculous. Tony Bosch, this drug dealer, okay, had a book out already naming all the names, including Alex, including Manny Ramirez and all these other people, Francisco Cavelli, and uh, I forget who he named. He named a, a, a half a dozen players, more, okay? The names were already out by the time Alex went to the United States Attorney's Office with me. They were already out. We went through the Major League Baseball process already. Alex didn't have to say who Tony Bosch named. They were in a book. It's so ridiculous what they're claiming Alex said. But I will tell you this. I was there. The deal we made with the U.S. Attorney's Office, and Alex did a great job, was he goes in there. He doesn't have to – he's not asked about anyone else. He doesn't give up anyone else's names. He talks about himself and is truthful. He went in there. He was truthful. He, didn't, he wasn't asked about anyone else, never spoke about anyone okay. else. And yeah. by the way, they don't need yeah. they don't need Alex to tell them what Tony Bosch said about other right. people no, no, because Tony Bosch had yeah. a book. See, so this is, uh, this is why – right now, this is why people hate attorneys because – Here's Joe Tacopino, who's brilliant, and oh, he's a great attorney. Getting in the but, way. but clearly, Alex Rodriguez bought him dinner at Carbone or something in Miami, and now a guy no, who's paid, he's guilty, he's guilty, is dinner. innocent. He is guilty. He did you turn know, over names. He did all of that. What, what is he guilty? He turned he, over he, names. How can you say that based, based on what fact? Based on what fact? I know for a fact he did. How, how do you know? What fact do you, are you relying on to say that? I know people. You know people. Same one person. <laughs> well, I know. Okay, I, okay. Well, I can't. I cannot give up my. That, can't give up my sources. Examination lasted eight seconds <laughs> before you got obliterated. Got on the witness. I can't give up my sources. Not, I'm not a rat you, like a rat. Bro, he didn't. He didn't give up any names. They didn't ask him for names. They don't need Alex Rodriguez to say who Tony Bosch said because that's what the article says. Yeah. That Alex said that Tony Bosch said. Tony Bosch wrote a book. That's number one. Number two, this whole thing about him doing this to avoid Congress. Congress had no interest in biogenesis. The Rafael Pomero, Clemens, Bonds, McGuire, yeah. those days were yeah. over. Right? Correct. That, it's so. I mean, the story is just rehashing 10-year-old news because Alex has now surfaced again as one of the top sort of entrepreneurs in the yeah. country. What yeah. he's done recently is unbelievable. No, I agree. And you know what? He is, he, is the, he is the living proof of rock bottom will teach you lessons that mountaintops never do. And he's, he went from rock bottom because when I was repping him, Sid, I swear to God, I, I asked my son at one point, I said, did you kill somebody? Is something that I don't know because you're being treated as if you are like John Gotti. Well, you're Congress. right about that. You're right Something's about that. wrong. Yeah, it was, was It was crazy. Yeah. This yeah. is a guy who took steroids, right? Yeah. Not who 
hurt somebody. No, no, no. Steroids to hit a baseball. He also, he also, he also, he also banged every stripper at every club in New York City. But who cares? <laughs> Another fact of yours that's based on hard evidence. I'm sure, just like your last fact. Lou told me that. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. All right, then I can't argue. If Lou told you that. No, no. In all, right, in all seriousness, I, I agree with you. I think he's been treated unfairly. I don't buy this whole story oh. either. And uh, happened to like yeah, I, swear, I swear to you, he never gave up anybody. I believe he didn't you. Have to give up anyone. I believe I you. I was there. I was there. He yeah. was truthful about himself, and that was the end. The U.S. attorney said thank you, and that yeah. was the end of our meeting with them. Right. So it's it's silly. It's silly. It's but silly. he's still he's still anyway. upset. Is he upset that Ben Affleck is banging Jennifer Lopez? I don't think he's upset about much. I've been to his office. That guy is a you know as close as you get to a billionaire um, from being a baseball player a few years ago. I mean, he is. He's part owner of the Minnesota Timberwolves yep. and a real yep. owner. He's not like one of those one percenters. He's a real operating owner. He's got a business, a real estate business. I've partnered up with him in one of these ventures, which is phenomenal. He is he's killing it on all different levels, and and I'm proud of him. He's an ESPN baseball analyst. He's a whatever he is, and so I don't think he's really jealous about. No, nah, he's fine. He's, he's actually about no, Jennifer Lopez. He's the Latino equivalent uh, these days of Magic Johnson, who does a great job with that too for the African American community. Both those yeah. guys are yeah. amazing. Yeah. yeah, they're both great yeah. guys. Uh, I want to get to uh, Trump here again. You are one of his attorneys, in my opinion. I may be biased. I don't think I am. You're the best attorney he's got. You're involved uh, specifically in two cases, but I know Donald Trump calls you almost every day about every case going on right now. And here we are, another Friday, Joseph Takapina, another week, another week of the press just killing them and all these uh, indictments. And I saw Eugene Carroll's name this week, all this nonsense, and another week where once again he's lengthened his lead. Even in Iowa, he's now lengthened his lead over Ron DeSantis. You talk about a guy like A-Rod doesn't seem to be bothered. I know Trump is. But the truth is, he has never looked better than right now. Yeah. Yeah, no, he's a, well, he's a completely different. This is, this is a case study that will go on for, you know, centuries and centuries. I mean, the, what, what he's doing and how he's handling this and what the, the results of it. Look, we are in such a case of first impression. In 2023, will go down as the year. I mean, the first year a president was ever indicted four times. The first, the first year, a sitting president's son was indicted. I mean, this is the yeah. year of, and of course, both sides are claiming uh, political partisanship, which is a joke for Hunter Biden to claim that because his father runs the, ju- the Justice Department, right? So, I mean, it's it's, but it is just a, a weird place. But but Donald Trump is is, listen, people need to understand something. He's he's emboldened by this kind of stuff. The more you push him, the more he fights, and the more you 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 pick on him or sort of bully him, the more he bullies back. So he is not going to be buckled in any way, shape, or form. You know, I said to him once, there's a great quote that that fate whispers to the warrior, you cannot withstand the storm, Donald Trump. And the warrior whispers back, I am the storm. He is the storm. Love that. So so there is nothing, there is nothing that they're going to do. Now, look, here's the bottom line. There are going to be trials coming up, right? And apparently one of them is going to be before the election. But people seem to forget this is not a civil case. It's not where you just need the majority of the jurors or you need a few jurors or the evidence is just 51 percent in one favor and you get the verdict. This is the highest standard allowable by law where you're going to need 12 jurors to all say guilty. Because if 11 say guilty and one says not guilty, there's no verdict. And, and, and he lives to fight another day. I do not believe you're going to get 12 jurors in any jurisdiction who are not going to think 
this isn't a political witch hunt or politically motivated. Whether they're right, wrong, that's not even my, my argument right now. People are forgetting the basic fact that you're going to need 12 jurors to be unanimous on this. And, and you know, that's where I think we're going to run through some problems reaching conclusions on these cases. Because I think there's someone out there who's going to be in a jury pool. I don't care if it's in, in Florida or D.C. or wherever, Georgia, where someone's going to say, I, I, I've been seeing what's going on. I think this is a, uh, an abuse of process. I think that they're weaponizing the justice system. I'm, I'm going to listen to the evidence, but unless I, I see a videotape of the crime being committed, I know I'm mm. not going to go with it. I okay. think there, there's an abusive system, abuse process, and all you need is one jurist. And people are – I read these, these articles of all these experts, MSNBC, as everyone who's never tried a case as their legal experts. They're amazing. I mean, you get all these people. I, I was a former prosecutor 12 years ago, and they tried two cases. They've never been in, 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 the, in the well. They've never been in a, a, a battlefield, and, and they yet know what's going to happen. They predict the end mm. of Donald Trump like mm. it's a, a fait complete. It is not a fait complete. There's going to be some serious issues getting 12 people in that community, in any community, to believe proof beyond a reasonable doubt, the highest standard level by law, that he's guilty. And that's where you're going to run into problems or the people who want to take them down are going to run into problems. I agree. Even in the jury's going to do nothing. Do right. nothing for them. Do uh, nothing. I agree. Win for Trump. Yep. Even in New York or D.C. Hey, this was a, a, a lot of fun, this conversation. And smart. The Donald Trump stuff was great. A-Rod, a lot of fun. As always, Joseph Takapina, Grand Slam, home run on a Friday. I love you. We'll do it again next week, uh, next week, buddy. Great job. Thank you so much. Okay, brother. Go that was great. Take Bye. care. Give my regards to Alex, okay? Tell him, oh, yeah. got, tell him he got framed. Sid said he got framed. He did. <laughs> Look at his numbers. Bye. <laughs> See you later, Joe. All right, we'll take a short break. Joe Tacopino, always great on a Friday. Ricky Gold, Curtis Sliwa, Lara Trump, Lee Zeldin, and Dr. Mark Siegel. Still a come. Sit in friends in the morning. Entertaining and informative. Oh, you're my best friend. 77 WABC. Oh, you know that guy Phil Tate from uh, News 12? Nice guy. He did... Um, well, the rally coverage, he just texted me. He just sent me the story. So I just came out on News 12. We'll get that audio. If you didn't have really this morning, we got the actual audio from the event with the um, with those speakers and the microphone from Tom Sullivan's campaign manager. But Curtis uh, told me, and he actually put in front of me, the New York Times wrote a story, suing, heckling, cursing New York City protest against migrants 
escalate. So the New York Times, at least from the title, I haven't read it, Curtis, is, um, I guess, intimating that we go to places and scream and curse and do all these horrible things. What is this story about? No, that's typical New York Times. Uh, they join us at the hip to Staten Island, obviously. They're leading. Then our Floyd Bennett field protests with Brooklyn and Queens. And then Creedmoor out in Queens. And they're talking about the huge crowds. They're giving us credit. Because remember, before, see, there was 100 people. Get out of here, 100 people. Politicians would stab themselves to have these kind of crowds. That's what I keep telling Republicans. But they also use the story of an Ecuadorian couple, a father and a daughter at St. John Villa Academy, and how they spend three hours each day traveling to Queens to look for work. They're right. They don't believe belong on Staten Island. Do what I suggested last night and this morning from Anthony Weiner's suggestion. The U.S. Open grounds, it's closed 10 months of the year, right next to the number seven train, the John Rockers Express. Put them there. Hey, rich people, do your fair share. They'll have a heart attack, Sid. They'll have, but they like to demean blue collar working class people. You notice that. When Mayor, Eric Adams suggested Central Park. The New York Times crowd on the Upper East Side and the Upper West Side went nuts. You can't house them on Central Park, our beloved Central Park. Rich people, do your fair share. You don't want Central Park? Got it. U.S. Open area is closed 10 months of the year, and one of them is in enclosed dome. So when the weather is in climate, right, <laughs> yeah. why not Arthur Ashe Stadium, Louis Armstrong Stadium, and the grounds? Watch all the rich people having heart attacks right now. Tough noogies. Do your fair share. This makes the argument. And then they mentioned Sunset Park. They didn't want to mention it. That's the bastion of socialism. We turned out 500 Chinese first Generation immigrants who were opposed to them bringing the illegals in and putting them in the recreational center. The socialists only have 40. Everybody was shocked because first-generation immigrants are the most angry because they had to come in the right way, the long way, and go through vetting, which these illegals don't. Nice job, Curtis Sleewa. He's coming up at noon, everybody. Been on my show twice already today, and once again, led an amazing rally in Brooklyn last night. Thank you for that, Curtis. Uh, Friday at this time, we do bring Ricky Gold on right before Larry Trump. Lee Zeldin and Dr. Mark Ziegel. Ricky, of course, is uh, with Juice Real. That's Juice, J-U-I-C-E, Real, R-E-E-L. And if you're a guy that uh, or a girl that likes to bet on some of these football games coming up, uh, you'd be hard-pressed to find a better way to get your information. And you'd be doing yourself a disservice if you don't uh, download the app Juice Real right now. So with that said, Ricky, welcome back, pal. How are you? Hey, it's great to be on, Sid. Thank nice you for having me. me. Now, forget about me telling folks why they should have Juice Real as we get ready for week two of the NFL season and already into week three of the college football season. You tell them, why is Juice Real a must? Juice reels a must because sports betting's hard. Uh, you know, anyone. Oh, could, <laughs> you I, mean, I, I can't tell you how many guys are already done for the season after week one. Done for the year. Done. Now, whatever bank load they, they hit from their wives and their girlfriends, done after week one. Because <laughs> all these home dogs, the Steelers got killed by the Niners, the Giants got killed by Dallas. All these home dogs, New England got killed by Philadelphia. Nobody covered. Nobody. Yeah. I mean, you know, anybody can have a winning betting week for one week, but stringing them together of winning weeks is what's really hard. And, you know, the reason you want juice reels, the same reason why when you sit down at a blackjack table, you'd like to know the, the book. You know, you, you wouldn't, uh, if you're going to hit on a 12 versus a four, uh, then you're going to want 
you'd at least they like to know that's bad math. And that's what juice reel really is. If, if you're going to bet on sports, it's a tool that's going to help you understand yourself, help you analyze games, and, and hopefully uh, give you the best chance to win. I did see the other day this new social versus friends feature, social versus friends on Juice Reel. What's that about, quickly? Yeah, so uh, everyone using the Juice Reel app knows that you can connect in your betting accounts, you know, your DraftKings, your FanDuels, your bookie accounts, and all your bets load in. And when we just released the feature that lets you add friends. And so you can see your performance chart versus your friend's performance charts uh, <laughs> on top of each other. So it's, yeah. it's really fun. You can see which one of your friends said he was good. Now, do but, you tell the friend that, that that's going to happen? Because guys get very, very protective uh, of their accounts. Uh, of course. Because they all lie to you. They go, hey, go, Danny, how'd you do this weekend? I did okay. I won a couple of thousand. Then I look at his account. He lost 3,300. So they want you to know that. <laughs> uh, you know, you, of course, you have to add the person as a friend. They got to uh, oh, accept. Back. Okay. Yeah, you can't just go snooping right. around your buddies. Right. But, you, uh, you never know. I mean, the FBI does that stuff. Why not, <laughs> <laughs> Why not Juice Reel? All right, let's get to some of the big games this weekend. The Giants, they took it on the chin. Home dog against Dallas last week. This week, they're a road favorite. Of course, Arizona's down to their backup quarterback. Most books have the Giants as a six-point favorite in Arizona against the Cardinals on Sunday. Tell us what Juice Reel thinks. A lot of our best betters are on the over, and a lot of our worst betters are on the under. So uh, the over, yeah, the you know, over. The Giants th- haven't scored a point yet yeah. this season. <laughs> yeah, <I laughs> Not know. a point, exactly. So maybe our uh, the sharp betters on Juice Reel are uh, on to something. All right, you know what the number is off the top uh, of your head? Thirty nine and a half. Thirty nine and a half. They'll score at least forty. Maybe the Giant demons will give up forty again. Who knows? <laughs> uh, take the over on the Giants. The Jets. They did cover Monday night. They lost their quarterback, but they won as a home dog. And they're in Dallas, and Dallas looked great, no doubt about it. But it seems like a lot of points, even against Zach Wilson. Most books have Dallas as a nine-and-a-half-point home favorite over the team with probably the best defense in the National Football League, the Jets. What does Juice Reel say? Yes, similar to the Giant game. A lot of our, the sharp betters on Juice Reel are on the over 38-and-a-half. A lot of the uh, poor performers really? are on the under 38-and-a-half. Yeah, surprised me, too. Uh, but they, you know, that's, uh, that's how we like to pick our I mean, games. You understand that Zach Wilson couldn't score if he had $1,000 in a whorehouse. <laughs> <laughs> But they still like the over. Okay, they like the over in that one. I know I sent you uh, one more NFL game. What was that? The uh, Chiefs are playing the Jaguars. These are two teams that a lot of people think are two of the favorites to represent the AFC in the Super Bowl in Vegas this year. Chiefs and Jaguars, what do you see? Uh, Chiefs minus three and a half. They like them. They like them. Okay, the Chiefs uh, did not cover that first game. They lost outright to the Lions at home as a favorite. That, that's correct. So they <laughs> expect the Chiefs to come back, one. right? And finally, uh, Florida's got a big game this weekend. Who are the Gators taking on? Uh, I mean, I'm, I'll be rooting for the Gators as a, as a Florida Gator, but uh, unfortunately, the data in our app is showing Tennessee. Tennessee. Uh, so uh, yeah, <laughs> that's going to be a tough one for me to watch. All right, I'll give you one of my picks. I like Ole Miss this weekend, laying the 17. You can throw it into the juice wheel if you want. Uh, Ricky, tell folks quickly how they can download the app because the lovely Larry Trump is on the phone. Uh, you go to the App Store, Google Play Store, Juice Like Orange Juice, Real, R-E-E-L, free app. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. Hey, you love this song, I know you do. Why do you like this song so much? I like the band. It's a good song. 
This is, uh, who's this again? Fountains of Waste. Right, right, right. All right, uh, 8.45 on your Friday morning. My favorite Trump, along with Donald, not even other than Donald, along with Donald, is his daughter-in-law, Eric's wife. She's on the show like every two weeks. She has been for months. I can't thank her enough. And she's in great shape. She's doing triathlons. Here she is, my friend, Lara Trump. You're a beast. Good morning. What are you you're, you're like running and swimming and biking. God bless you. Look at you. It's great. Oh, well, thank you. Yep. Sw- swim, bike, run. That's a triathlon. I know. And the only downside to this one is that my daughter, who just turned four, Carolina, really wanted to do it with me. But I was like, you probably need to wait a couple more years. So <laughs> soon we'll have multiple trumps and triathlons. I know the, the left can't wait for that. That's awesome. Actually, uh, you were on the day when it was Carolina's birthday because I played Carolina on my mind by James Taylor for you, if you remember That's correctly. Right. You That's go. right. Look there at you. We're you. following all of it. I, love I got it. all of it. Yeah. So um, your father-in-law is about to leave us here in New Jersey and head back down to Florida in a couple of days. But I guess uh, he would probably agree, too, Lara. Not a quiet summer in New Jersey for Donald Trump. He'll never forget this one up in New Jersey. Is that fair to say? I think so. I mean, it'll be hard for anybody to forget this summer. The, the, there has been a lot that has transpired as it relates to my father-in-law, as it relates to our country as a whole. You look at the current president. You look at his family. You look at the way that the double standard is so obvious to so many people when it comes to prosecuting people sometimes they just prosecute people for no crimes committed a la donald trump and then you got the biden family who obviously has a lot that they have done wrong and now at least they're trying to hold hunter accountable for something convenient though said it's the only thing they can't actually tie to joe biden uh, but yeah it's been it's been quite a summer for this country i just hope that whenever we look back at this we realize that this was the turning point when people started to wake up started to get it and started to decide that they were done voting for a party and the Democrats that has done nothing for them, that has done everything to destroy this country and make life harder for people. I think we're going to see a big turnaround in 2024. And I hope you're right. You're about to God's ears. I think you're right, too, but I hope you're right. You know, you mentioned Biden, and uh, Brian Kameed was on with me earlier. And he said, you know, Sid, Trump comes on with you. You think Biden would ever come on? I go, no. He goes, say what you want about Donald Trump. Last night he was on NBC with Welker. NBC is awful to him. A couple of months ago, he was on with CNN. CNN is awful to him. He just did an interview with Megyn Kelly. Not exactly sweet to your father-in-law. you got to give Trump credit. It doesn't matter who it is. He goes unafraid, speaks his mind, and talks about this country. What other politician, Sid, does that? And to be honest, Lara, I couldn't think of one other than your father-in-law. It's so true. I mean, he he really is is scared of nothing. And I think, look, when you have the truth and the facts on your side, it makes a big difference. And and whenever you look at the performance of this country under the leadership of Donald Trump, when you look at almost every metric in America, things were better for people. So he has a great record to talk about. And you see how quickly things changed whenever you had different leadership of course, in the form of Joe Biden and the Democrat Party. Um, so he has a, a, a real record behind him. He has a lot of plans he wants to put in place for this country and things that are going to make life better for people, easier for people, give us our standing on the world stage again, make sure our country is strong and prosperous. And so, yeah, although these places are yeah, a little hostile to him, 
he is really unafraid of, of anything. And I think he's willing to at least reach out to people who may never have given him a chance before. But he wants to talk to everybody because he's not just running for president again to be president for half the country. He wants to be president for everyone in this country. And God bless him. Good for him for getting out there and speaking his mind and telling the truth and having the facts to back him up. I love to see it. I told him uh, when he was on a couple of times ago that uh, he ran out of New York, and I would too, uh, the taxes, and more importantly, the way they treat him here. It's really gross. But he's still New York. I see uh, Trump all over the place. I walk past his uh, Fifth Avenue residence almost every day, Lara. You too. You and Eric lived here. Now you guys are gone. You'll move down to Florida. And I get all that. But if you were still here, if you were still here, you'd be seeing what I'm dealing with every day. Do you know I've been to three rallies, and I never protest, never. I've been to three rallies with Curtis Lee over the last couple of weeks over these illegals. They have inundated us with these illegals, not vetted. We don't know if they've got diseases, if they're terrorists, if they're rapists, if they're drug dealers. I imagine most of them are good people, but I just don't know. Why should I have to take that chance as a taxpayer up in New York? So, again, you guys are down in Florida, but your father-in-law, all he has to do is talk about the border, how the border has become a sieve and is ruining cities and states like mine, and he will win this election going away. Oh, I think you're right, and, and I think you know that the, the tide has sort of started to turn on all of this when you have the mayor of New York City, Eric Adams, even admitting that if this crisis is not addressed with illegals pouring into our country unchecked, it is unsustainable. It will destroy cities like New York, and what you're talking about is what I hear from friends of mine who still live in New York every day. It is a major issue, and, and it's obvious in places like New York. It's obvious in big, major metropolitan areas, but it's touching every aspect of our country. Every community in America is seeing the negative effects of this because when you just allow millions and millions of people unchecked into our country, yes, you're correct. We have had how many people now who are on the terrorist watch list that we know of try to come into our country? How about the ones that we haven't caught coming into the country Regardless of that, regardless of the fentanyl that's pouring over our southern border that's killing 100,000 Americans a year, having this amount of people without any proper checks and any system to actually get them into our country, it taxes every system in America from our, our educational system to our health care systems, and it is unsustainable. And I think you're right. This is something that from the very first moment Donald Trump ran for president in 2015, he talked about this. He got so much criticism for it, but border crossings were at an all-time low under his administration. Now you look at where we are today. I mean, man, what a difference. And it really has started to to be, the effects of it have been very obvious. And I, I think you're right. I think every person in this country is starting to realize, man, this was a bad idea. No, they haven't yet. They should. I mean, I've been doing radio now here in New York, middays and mornings, for seven years since I came back. And in the four years that Donald Trump was president, my uh, former late great partner, Bernie McGurk, God rest his soul, we never said the word migrant once. Laura, not once. Now I spend hours a day. I don't even call them migrants. I don't call them asylum seekers. It's not their fault, these poor people. They're illegals. And I never mentioned that word once when your father-in-law was president of the United States. I want to move over to the Bidens, though. You know, what Kevin, I don't like this Republican infighting. You know, Chip Roy, Matt Gates, Marjorie Taylor Greene, the mayor at McCarthy. Look, look, 
We need to get this impeachment inquiry done. We have to do it. I know some people don't like it. Tip for tat is not a real crime here. I don't care. (laughs) They indicted my friend four times for nonsense, and there's a lot more information on Joe Biden than there is on Donald Trump. I believe we need to do it. I know how he feels. How do you feel? Of course we need to do it. Are you kidding me? What we've seen happen with the Biden family is one of the greatest national security threats that we have ever seen in this country, at least in our lifetime. This is really scary stuff. The fact that we don't know as American citizens whether the guy who is at the very top as president of the United States, commander in chief, is making decisions every day based on what is best for our country or best for the pockets of the Biden family. That's crazy stuff. And and it's kind of become so commonplace. We've heard so much about it that maybe people are starting to ignore it or tune it out. We cannot. We cannot allow something like this to happen. The fact you have an entire family all the way down to the grandkids, Sid, who have received money from Russia, from China, from Ukraine, from Kazakhstan. What in the heck were they selling? They were selling influence in the form of Joe Biden's position in government. That should never happen in this country. And I'll tell you what, if we let this stand right now, then, I mean, that that's it. Then anybody in the future, whether they're the president all the way down, this will be the standard and this is how it will operate and this country will never be the same. So, uh, yes, we need an impeachment inquiry. Yes, we need to find out what the heck is going on. And, yes, people need to be held accountable for this because it's totally un-American. Now listen, I know he's your father-in-law, and you love him. And he loves you. I mean, he really does. I know that. And uh, and Eric. And I get all that, okay? And, and he was a great president. And all those things are true. But I want you to be completely honest with me. Completely honest, Laura. If I would have said to you, there's going to come a day when your father-in-law, who you love desperately, I get it, when your father-in-law is indicted four times, and also, beyond the indictments, has to sit on trial for a rape case, which he won, because the jury decided she was not raped. If I told you all of these things were going to happen, and your father-in-law was going to improve in the polls, you would have said to me what? Yeah, I would have said it's crazy. Are you kidding? I mean, first of all, said you forget, I grew up in North Carolina. I never imagined even my last day being Trump. Let alone you, 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 you had a better chance of your last name being Jordan than Trump. <laughs> That's exactly right. Michael Jordan went to my high school. That's so funny. It, honestly, it, it's so wild to see, but it's the reason that I feel like, and I, I hear this from people all the time, that there really is a divine element in all of this, that God has a hand on my father-in-law. How else could he have withstood everything he did while he was president of the United States and yet still had so many accomplishments under his belt for this country. How else could he be facing all that they are throwing at him and still stand strong and say, I am willing to take it. I know what they're trying to do to me, but it's worth it to me to stand up for this country and stand up for what I know is right. There is something, uh, you know, spiritual going on here in this country. I think a lot of people feel it, and that is honestly the only way I can explain how you see what's happening to Donald Trump going on and yet his poll numbers are still going up, and people are starting to realize what has been going on in this country. And on the way out, I mean, you talk to him, and, and it's a family thing. He loves your kids, your grandchildren, and all that. So this is not about politics. You know, I, I speak to Joe Tacopina every day. He's probably your father's biggest named attorney. 
And he tells me, listen, he's doing great. He's doing great. But, you know, listen, he's a human being. He's a human being. I'm sorry. I don't care how tough you are, and he's as tough as they come. Four indictments, got to go to court. It's going to bother you eventually. But that's his attorney talking. I want his daughter-in-law, who's on the golf course with the grandkids, who's running around with the dogs. You tell me, be completely honest, how has your father-in-law's personality been since all this has gone down? I mean, I wish I could. I don't wish I could say that it has been bad, but he's been great. Honestly, he <laughs> called me the other night, like 930, and he said it was my son's birthday. And he goes, I, uh, honey, I had nothing else going on today. And I missed, I know I missed talking to Luke. Can he call me in the morning? Because I want to wish him a happy birthday. Uh, birthday. He's calling to wish his grandson a happy birthday with everything else going on and making sure he talks to him. He's joking. He's happy. He's lighthearted. And I'll tell you what, um, you know, whenever you know in your heart you've done nothing wrong, I think that it, it gives you clarity. And I think that's what you see with him. He knows he's done nothing wrong. He knows what this is all about. And he's got the greatest spirit about him I've ever seen. So I'm going to have to agree with Joe Tacopina on this one. I agree with both of you, too. I had him on the on the show just about, uh, well, about a week ago. And uh, he sounded upbeat and great. I played a message from my mom. He was so happy. I'm going to send your mother a hat. I'm going to send her whatever she wants. My mother's house in upstate New York has more Trump flags on it than uh, half these boroughs combined. So she loves them, too. So well, thank you, Larry. You're, you're, you're really wonderful. I can't, I can't thank you enough for all these months. You keep coming back. You provide such a great insight. I love you. I love your family. Thank you so much. We'll talk again very soon. You got it. Thanks so much. All right. Take care. Laura Trump right there. Donald Trump's daughter-in-law. She is so good on TV and radio. We love having her on. And she keeps coming back every couple of weeks. Thank you, Laura. Not nearly done. We're going to talk to Lee Zeldin and Dr. Mark Siegel. COVID on the way back. Get a mask today. As Lee Corso would say, not so fast. Is sit in friends in the morning. Seventy-seven WABC. Right here, off of Lena. I believe this was off of the Glass Houses album. Oh, cool. 
I love saying album. That was a great album. You had this one. You had um, Still Rock and Roll to Me, which I never really liked all that much. But this one's a great song, all for Lena. You know, Danielle's got a pretty good idea. She, I guess in the spirit of uh, Stuttering John, who Howard Stern used for so many years, and other uh, reporters that um, some might describe as a tard, it wouldn't be a horrible idea to send Macedonia Phil to, like if Kathy Hochul speaks at the Harvard Club with Katsimatidis and have Macedonia Phil interview her afterwards. Or, oh, that's a brilliant idea. Or go to Eric Adams' press conference. Are you or, kidding? That's a great idea. You know, or something like that. I, I mean, would pick up an impressive list of restraining orders. <laughs> it would be great, though. It'd be it would great be for the show. For the it'd be great for the show. that I was allowed to do it. It'd be awesome. All right, let me see what I can pull here. He might uh, yeah. challenge Curtis for arrest numbers. Yeah, he may, but it would be great radio. Could you imagine oh, this guy goodness. sitting down with oh, Kathy Hochul God. talking about New York? My God. <laughs> this poor bastard lives in Bushwick. He escapes death almost every, every day to get to yeah. work. It was a dangerous yeah. ride here this morning. Now, Kathy, the last time you were on the train coming from <laughs> Williamsburg, was. can you tell me that again? <laughs> when was that again? I, I just, we, I, the listeners need to know. We'll set it up, though. So I have to tell you, I saw something on Instagram this week that was brilliant. It was Lee Zeldin. So if you've been following this uh, this whole thing with the House GOP and Kevin McCarthy and the impeachment inquiry and all this, you know, Jim Colmer and Jim Jordan, Nancy Mason and, and Smith and others, you got all this information on, uh, on Biden, you know. But the Democrats, the media and uh, assholes like Adam Schiff and, I mean, Nadler, these people, they go, no, 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 they got nothing. There, there's nothing. You've got, uh, there's zero evidence. So I, I go to Lee Seldon's Instagram and I saw this. It was brilliant. He goes, there is zero evidence of wrongdoing, talking about the Bidens, other than texts, emails, WhatsApp messages, whistleblower testimony, Hunter's laptop, Biden video to Stokin, bank records, government documents, phone calls, business meetings, statements of former partners and clients, Hunter's own words. I guess he's right, evidence of nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Lee, I thought the way you listed all of those was absolutely brilliant. It was my favorite Instagram post of the week. Well, listen, I, the fact that the the left is really willing to die on this sword of claiming that there's no evidence is is something that really should give uh, congressional Republicans encouragement and confidence that they can win this debate, they can win this process. They they will win the legitimacy of it as long as they lean into it. They work hard. They have you know their war room. They're they're issuing their subpoenas for Hunter Biden and Jim Biden and Amos Hochstein and Victoria Newland. Uh, they need to have a game plan from the end of this process backwards. Uh, they can't get outsmarted. The White House already has a war room going. They're they're leaning on their media allies, uh, congressional Democrats have done this process on the flip side, impeaching President Trump twice. But if you want to get to the heart of the facts, the truth, the Democrats are willing to fall on the sword saying that there's no evidence. Congressional Republicans have an abundance of evidence. Now it, it, it's game time to step up and, and perform a heck of a lot better than the Giants did last week. <laughs> oh, God. I know. I was there. I sat in the rain, as you know, Lee, with uh, Ava and Gabe. It was miserable. You know, uh, they, they indicted Hunter, of course, on these gun charges, I believe three of them, three counts, and he was on drugs. 
And I just don't care. I just had Larry Trump on the show moments ago, and she said, you know why this works for them? Because it has nothing to do with his father. This is about bingo. Right, bingo. So what I want to hear is what CNN, believe it or not, of all networks, is reporting right now. MSNBC is talking about Hunter Biden getting indicted on federal gun charges. Who cares? But CNN is saying, hold on a second. The special counsel may bring more charges against Hunter. That's what I want to hear. I want to hear about his father, his uncle, all these dealings. I don't care about the guns, the girls, or the coke. Well, the original plea agreement that that blew up when questioned by the federal judge, that was an underlying, uh, underlying tax charge charges. There's uh, an investigation that was launched regarding funding that came into Hunter Biden. And when the, the left says that there is no evidence, and then some have started to evolve saying that there's no direct evidence. The reality is, as you pointed out from the, the list of different aspects of evidence that, that we've been talking about on social media and elsewhere, th- there is a direct connection to be able to tie all of the different dots and conclude that the Biden family was profiting into the millions and tens of millions off of access to Joe Biden. Now, Daniel Goldman wants to say that there isn't uh, access. It's an illusion of access. An illusion of access is where you're claiming that you can access Joe Biden and, and the government, but you can't actually do it. Actual access is when you're at the meeting claiming that you have access. You're like, hey, hold on a second. Let me show you. And pick up, picks up the phone and calls the vice president of the United States, gets the vice president on the phone while you're doing your business pitch, trying to get millions of dollars. And then you want to convince us that all you're doing is talking about the weather? <laughs> when Joe Biden is having dinner at Cafe Milano with people sending Hunter Biden millions of dollars. When Hunter is sending a message to the Chinese talking about how his father is sitting there right next to him and putting that type of pressure to get massive sums of money. When you have Hunter complaining about all of the money that he has to spend for Pops, it's all documented, it's Hunter's own words. When you have uh, money that when you have a guy like Joe Biden who spends decades in politics, ending uh, having this lifestyle with a big beautiful house and and living like you you know like you've been uh, you know, Mark Zuckerberg uh, with your career path <laughs> for the last twenty years, the average American is able to connect these dots easily. Yeah. Yep. So if the government wants to just go after a gun charge, a lot of people realize you know what this is just. Politics, this is a cover-up, uh, and clearly you're not getting to the heart of what we all understand there to be, that this family profited big time, and that Joe Biden claiming that he had nothing to do with it, just horseshit. No, I totally agree. Uh, and Dan Goldman, by the way, I mean, I, I can't stand Dan Goldman. Who cares what he says? I, I feel badly saying this because he's a Jew like you and I on the eve of Rosh Hashanah, but I'd love to punch that guy right across the face. But uh, getting getting back to the Bidens, you know, the more people I discuss this with, the more I find out that um, they don't think he's going to run. You know, uh, Bill O'Reilly, I know you love Bill like I do, respect him. He doesn't think he's going to run. I, I mean, almost everybody who comes on this show, Trump, they all don't think that he's going to run. That Come December, maybe January, 
he's going to uh, bow out. And I say, why? Is it because he lies too much or he forgets dementia? And they all go back to this, that they really believe eventually the House GOP led by Kevin McCarthy will get that smoking gun. Right now it's pretty circumstantial, the evidence. They're going to get that smoking gun that's going to bury him. You agree with that? I think it's possible that he doesn't run. However, I think it's likely that he is the Democratic nominee. It's already the middle of September. And you know, it's funny. Have... Hold on, hold on. You said it's already the middle of September. Then why do people keep telling me it's early? When I say Donald Trump's already wrapped up the nomination, they go, it's early. Iowa's six months away. I agree with you. It's already September. It's not that early. Donald Trump had the Republican nomination pretty much locked up the moment Alvin Bragg indicted him. Right. And you know, it launched his campaign into a different stratosphere, and a whole lot of Republicans basically came home. They're like, listen, you know, I, was, I wanted to keep an open mind, see how the field shapes up, see how the primary plays out. Once Alvin Bragg indicted him, and then the others started indicting him too, people are like, you know what, this is shirts and skins. Like, they, they're not just going after Donald Trump. They're going after all of us. Uh, and, and this is clearly political interference. I mean, you can see it with the schedule. They're trying to, like, get the trials going in the middle of the campaign. They're trying to convict him as if the right to a speedy trial belongs to Fannie Willis. No, it belongs to the accused. And you want to say, no, you have, you have four different trials in all different, all different types of jurisdictions, and you have to go through millions of, piece, of documents. You have to you know, be able to conduct your, your depositions, get prepared. They're railroading him, and listen, regardless of whether you love Donald Trump or you don't, and whether you're Republican, Democrat, it doesn't matter. Uh, the people out there are saying, you know, Donald Trump has to prove his innocence, or Donald Trump will prove his innocence, or like from Nancy Pelosi to even people on the right who have talked about it this way, they, they don't understand our criminal justice system is getting thrown on its head. It's being weaponized. You see it from the way they're covering up for Hunter Biden to the way that they're going after Donald Trump. And as far as the Republican primary goes, now it's the middle of September. It's over. And now, like you said, listen, is it really over? Yeah, okay, maybe there's there's a, a pathway no. somehow, but no. I don't see it's it. Over. It's over. I mean, over. the guy is up. Yeah. He, he's up. You yeah. look at the uh, Real Clear Politics average. Donald Trump's up another four and a half points just in the last week. It's over. I mean, even in Iowa, he's killing them. And now, South Carolina, I'm watching Tim Scott on Fox News right now. He's up 36 in South Carolina. You're going to tell me that because Chris Christie's got 9% in New Hampshire, that Trump's in trouble? It's over. Like you said, it's been over. I really believe it was over even before the first indictment. I believe it was over the day that Donald Trump did something the president did not do. And also, Pete Buttigieg didn't do. When Donald Trump went to East Palestine, Ohio, and showed up with water and treated Americans like they mattered on the same day that Joe Biden was taking pictures in the garden with Zelensky, I believe that day, even before the indictment, was where Donald Trump turned around. Because you remember, the month before that, he had the Kanye West dinner, he had the, you know, the, the I'm going to rip up the Constitution, he goes to East Palestine, and he's winning. Now, yes... His lead lengthened after the first indictment, but what he did when he went to our American people and made them more important than Ukrainians, that was huge for Donald Trump. Yeah, complete, completely agree. You look at the trajectory from December of 2022 
in January 2023 to that first Bragg indictment, and you look at the events that were taking place in between, you're, you're absolutely right. This wasn't something that just you know, happened overnight, like as if it was a tied race or he was down, and Bragg's indictment comes out, and then all of a sudden he's in the lead. He already had taken a very large lead. Why is that? Showing leadership at moments like what you described, and the contrast when you don't see the leadership from Joe Biden, when you see a surge of illegal migrants coming inside of our country, you know it's the policies of Joe Biden. You know that the policies of Donald Trump were, were doing such a better job in securing our border. It's the contrast that really has been shining. You see inflation numbers popping, and you know how good the economy was in the United States just before COVID hit. When you see uh, the money that is flowing to Ukraine right now, you start thinking to yourself, well, I, you know, I never thought, I never considered myself to be America first, but what does that mean exactly? It's like, oh, you know what? Yeah, we should be prioritizing maybe the Maui fires uh, and, and having full-blown support there. Thank you. And, oh, and by the way, all the money going to Ukraine? Yeah. The, what, what's so bad with knowing how the money's getting spent? You don't what know. Is that, you don't know. Totally off limits. I don't know. I mean, even if you support fully fun, you're out there. You're the biggest supporter of wanting to give Ukraine as much U.S. tax dollars as possible. Even if you're that person, you still owe it to U.S. taxpayers to account for where the heck the money's going. Yeah, and I've, I have these fights with Peter King all the time because he's that guy. He's all for it, and I love Peter. I love him to death. He's one of my favorite people. But he's uh, he's an idiot. <laughs> I love him, but enough with the money to the Ukraine. You, you talked about it, Maui, all these other places. Help America first. And I go to him, I go, where is that money going? Oh, no, there's somebody in on Capitol Hill. There's somebody who keeps track of that. I go, no, there's not. No one has any idea where this money's going to. I could not agree more. I take back idiot, but he knows what I mean. Uh, well, listen, by the way, Pete, Pete was, I mean, he was the, the chair of the Homeland Security yeah, Committee. Yeah. Uh, you know, he was the highest profile guy fighting for New York after 9 11. Yep. I mean, the, the guy knows, I mean, he knows Long Island first and New York first and America first, you know, policies a long time before, you know, Donald Trump became a candidate. Agreed. I, I would just say, like, even if you want to, you want more funding for Ukraine, we all need to get on the same page with the fact that. We don't know enough about where this money is going, and we owe it to U.S. tax dollars yep. to be yep. able to tell them. 100% right. You're going to attack some member of Congress for asking that simple question as if, you know, like they're this horrible human being uh, who should be rolled out, run yeah. out of office. That Ridiculous. says more about you than it does about the person asking the questions. Agreed. 60 seconds to go. So your name is mentioned all the time now because... This, uh, what I call the illegals crisis, I don't call them migrants or asylum seekers, this illegals crisis, which has a guy like me, who used to make fun of protesters my whole life doing three rallies with Curtis Sliwa, who's a hero, mind you. Uh, this crisis, Kathy Hochul, has been brutal. She is uh, part of the reason why we've got it. And now this ridiculous notion she's trying to sell people that she cares about their self-esteem and their, they, they want them to work. Why? Because she wants to vote. So they go to work, they vote, and they vote for people like her and Eric Adams. She's such a phony that uh, as much as we talked about you before and what a great campaign you ran and how much better up we'd be right now, the last couple of months, your ears got to be ringing. It's Lee Zeldin all the time. Well, Kathy Hochul 
became a well-known person in Western New York as a county clerk who opposed driver's licenses for illegals until it became popular for her to be able to move up the ranks by taking the exact opposite position. She says she evolved. She has said that on multiple issues. She has evolved. Her solution here is uh, so off base it won't actually fix anything. She puts her hand out looking for money as if that's going to make the entire problem go away. She's looking for uh, visa work visas for the people who have come here as if that's just going to make this problem just magically go away. And the reality is if you do that and say, okay, that's it, our, our work here is done, a 100% chance that Sid and Lee are having a conversation six months from now, guaranteed the problem has only gotten worse. It is indisputable it only gets worse if you say, okay, that's it, that's the solution. You need the federal government and Joe Biden to be stepping up, specifically the Biden administration to finish construction of the border wall and catch and release and force remain in Mexico. They shouldn't have got rid of Title 42. They should support a Customs and Border Patrol agent. Where is the governor of New York? passionately and publicly and intelligently speaking out on what Joe Biden needs to do to actually solve it. She is AWOL. And now, where is she calling on Albany to get rid of sanctuary state policies or calling on New York City to get rid of sanctuary city policies? The city feels like we don't go far enough. They want to give non-citizens the right to vote. The state legislators, the far-left lunatics running Albany, feel like we haven't gone far enough. We need to do even more to give them more goodies and rewards and incentives for coming to New York. So this is only going to get continue to get worse as long as you have one party, Democrat rule, unwilling to go after the actual solutions to fix this. Suddenly, guarantee you, we'll be having a conversation six months from now, and we'll be worse off then than we are now, and it's... It's not because we don't know what to do to fix it. It's because the people who are in charge right now, they are far-left pansies when it comes to doing what needs to actually get done, getting tough, getting courageous, leading, maybe even challenging some of their own voters and followers and volunteers and donors, doing the right thing and securing America. Wow. I mean, first of all, you have to be a little more sensitive. You have to understand that her bills did lose to the Jets on Monday, so she's very upset. But on a serious note, that was the most impassioned, brilliant 20 minutes of radio I've heard in a long time. Once again, Lee Zeldin, as Mike Breen would say, from way downtown. That was awesome, brother. Thank you so much. Great to have you back. All right, Giants over Cardinals this Sunday. What do we think? Uh, I think so. They're six-point road favorites. If they can't beat Arizona, and Kyle Murray is hurt, you know that. After losing by 40 to Dallas, it's already time to look towards 2025. I don't want to do that yet. So, yes, Giants win. <laughs> uh, at least the Knicks and Rangers are about to start up. Yes, I know. That's how I feel. I can't wait for my winter sports. Lee, you're great. I love you, buddy. Thank you so much. See you, Sid. Take care. The great Lee Zeldin right here on Sid and Friends in the Morning. That was a great appearance. We'll take a short break. Still lots more to do. COVID's back. Oh, my God, it's back. Phil, where's your mask? Where's your mask? We'll talk to Dr. Mark Siegel. First, some more All for Lena by Billy Joel.
This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. Folks, the Big Tunnel to Towers Foundation Walk Run is coming up on Sunday, September the 24th. And all of us here at WABC are encouraging our loyal listeners to donate to our individual teams. That's right. I've got my own team. And being I'm the number one host at this station in New York and number one around the country, I want you to go to wabcradio.com slash walk, click on my picture, I'm the handsome one, and donate to me. Please help me raise the most money here at the station for the amazing Tunnel to Towers Foundation Walk Run. Let's never forget those that help America's heroes. And the Tunnel to Towers, of course, near and dear to my heart. I speak to Frank Siller every Wednesday. Let's raise some money, folks, for our veterans, our first responders, and 9-11 victims. WABCradio.com slash walk. And, of course, Click on my picture. This next conversation is brought to you by my dear friend Pete Morgan, the fine folks at Peerless Boilers. Check them out today and every day, PeerlessBoilers.com, PavilionTankless.com. They do build the world's best boilers. Here he is, the doctor. I mean the real doctor, not Dr. J, not Dr. Biden, the real doctor and Fox News TV star, my man Dr. Mark Siegel. Siegs, good morning, pal. How are you? Said, how are you? Great I'm, to be I'm, on with you. Now, for once, we actually have some sports to talk about that's also medical. Isn't that interesting? Well, I guess we can start with uh, the biggest story in the country. You know it's big when David Muir, Lester Holt, and Nor O'Donnell are talking about it. And that's the uh, the injury, the ACL injury to Aaron Rodgers. The, not ACL. His uh, Achilles. So tell me uh, what that looks like, what that means. Because at 39 years old, there's some doubt that he can come back. But he said... No, no, I'm coming back. The Phoenix will rise again. Talk about Aaron Rodgers' injury. I'm going to talk about it, but then I'm going to defer to you for opinions on this. But let me tell you, we, we let's start by talking about something that I went into this with, thinking about you know Kobe Bryant and, and Kevin Durant. Now, I, I told you last year I didn't think Kevin Durant was going to be able to return to the level of play actually two years ago, and he did. I mean, he did. I don't understand how he was able to do it, but his level of play, Kevin Durant, in my opinion, has been at the same level. You know, ball control, uh, dexterity, shooting ability, not affected in an incredibly high-intensity sport. And he suffered the same injury as Aaron Rodgers, but, but he was a younger guy when he suffered that injury. So that's point number one. I mean, Aaron Rodgers, the oldest player in the NFL, certainly oldest quarterback. But I was going to say to you that... Being a quarterback doesn't require the same degree of of dexterity, especially if you're a straight back, uh, you know, feedback passer. But Trace Gallagher on Fox last night, who's a co- former college quarterback, educated me and said, you know, you're not really right about that. The the, the tiny increments of 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 speed can actually make a huge difference between being sacked or not. So I don't know if he's going to be able to have the well, flexibility. Let me talk about, Let me talk about Trace Gallagher's point because Trace is on to something and uh I'll tell you what it is. You know, there are quarterbacks that we've grown to know over the years, Dr. Mark Siegel, that ran the ball. I mean, guys like Steve Young and Michael Vick and Randall Cunningham, even right here right now, Daniel Jones. 
those guys are not afraid to tuck the ball and run with it. Then there are quarterbacks that don't do that, but their footwork, their footwork and quick release allows them not to get sacked. The best I saw at that was Dan Marino. He couldn't run for two yards, but his footwork was so amazing, which led to his quick release, you couldn't sack him. So Trace is right. Even a straight drop-back passer needs to have that type of dexterity and footwork to be successful. With that said, do I know if Rodgers can come back? No, but Trace is right. It's not always a guy that runs downfield for 30 yards. All these quarterbacks need to get rid of the football, and that's where the footwork comes in. You need your uh, your ACL, and, of course, uh, what did Rodgers hurt again? His, uh, his uh, Achilles. To be yeah, able to yeah. do that. By the way, I have I have one provocative point to make, which is why you have me on. I believe in heart and courage big time. I think Aaron Rodgers is coming back. His use of psychedelics, which bothers the hell out of me notwithstanding, I think he make micro dosing. I think he is coming back. The question is, can he come back and compensate for all of this to be right. back at the premier right. level? You know, think Earl Morrow. I mean, there are aging quarterbacks who figured out ways to compensate for loss of of uh, of movement yeah i don't know no Romero was that guy and he was a great backup for both johnny unitas and bob greasing winning super bowls in baltimore and miami was there another injury you wanted to get to in sports before you get the covid yeah i well listen to this so let's pivot to this i love that op-ed in the new york times that compared joe biden to Billy Buckner, who said, Billy Buckner, and this was one of my favorite moments in, thought, in sports history. I thought, I thought that I had had the, the highest level of pleasure back in 1969 with my, with my Tom Seaver, Jerry <laughs> Kuzman thing. Yeah. But when it got to 1986 and that ball, when that grounder went through Billy Buckner's legs, I'm like, wow, yeah. I only found out from, from this op-ed, something I should have known all along, and you of course know, which is Billy Buckner had bad legs at that point. Yes, the Boston, so, yeah, the Boston and, Red Sox manager was uh, nearly taken out in the back and shot because no one had any idea why Bill Buckner was in the game. Now, Bill was still a pretty good hitter. He was a great hitter with the Cubs and the Dodgers, and he can hit, but people could not figure out why Bill at that point with the leg problems, a defensive liability, was in the game. And sure enough, Mookie Wilson hit the ground ball, and the Mets came back and won the game. So, yes, the Red Sox manager has been critiqued since that day and even now, 40 years later, for having Bill Buckner in the game. But here's how this applies to Joe Biden. What the op-ed is saying is the ball will find you. It's a beautiful line. Never thought of that. The ball will find you. And his point about Biden is even if you want to maintain that 70% of the time he's on the mark, I think that'd be pretty generous. Well, during that 30% might be when Chairman Xi comes at you (laughs) or Putin. And the ball will find you, Biden. The ball will find you. That's true. That's funny. Who wrote that piece? That's a pretty good. (laughs) I like that comparison. I like that. And usually the New York Times is fiction but that's a good job <laughs> well, this is fiction though this is great fiction I it mean, is great dr mark siegel here on uh sitting friends in the morning i love dr mark all right let's get uh back to the COVID thing and you've been on two or three times already about this but we got to keep talking about it until the media stops and they're still talking they're still talking about masks coming back and and lockdowns maybe as early as january uh have you had those discussions lately or have they kind of uh gone away well, they're going to keep coming at you because COVID itself is increasing and nobody knows how to handle it because the left can only has 
one way of handling it. It's like the switch says masks, the, the switch says mandates, the switch says force you, the switch says dogma, the switch says I'm going to get on a podium with no public health background whatsoever and, and flog you. But the problem with the right, and you and I may disagree on this, clearly I'm on the right, but I disagree with something. I believe in choice, and that's based on our capitalistic system, choice. But I don't believe in vilification, and so I believe in tools. So if you want to wear a mask, go ahead. Wear it on your head. You know, wear it on your foot. I mean, does it work? It has some value in close quarters if there's a lot of respiratory virus around, and then it would have to be the right mask, and somebody like me Mm. would have to show you how to wear it properly. There's a lot of ifs there. There ain't not a five-year-old in the country wearing a mask properly, so stop with that. Shutdowns, lockdowns, ridiculous. Tremendous damage they occurred. This vaccine, now, Sid, most of us have some immunity to this virus already. We either got it from previous COVID episodes or we got it from previous vaccines, and it's gotten milder, the Omicron subvariants. So I'm not worried about this situation at all. But I want the vaccine as a tool to offer to people who I think are at risk. Bottom line, not the six months and up that the CDC is saying. I hate people that wear masks. I hate them. I, 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 enough bad things can't happen to them. And I'll tell you why. Sir, <laughs> You're going to punch one of them in the face. I, I, mean, I, 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 I have considered doing that every time I walk past them. And I'll tell you why. Because even though you're right, choice and all that nonsense, please. It, <laughs> choice. It, it is a depressing. My day gets depressing. When I see somebody on an otherwise beautiful day walking around with a mask, I go, oh, my God, there are sick people here. When my son, when my son is traveling with me and he goes, Daddy, why is that person wearing a mask? And I can't answer intelligently other than that person's a moron. I don't want to do that anymore. So, sure, you can wear it. That's your choice. But I hate you. You understand that, doctor? I hate you. Well, I'll get some humor into it, which always buys you off. How about a mask that says Democrat on it, and you wear it over your chin only, and it's filthy? How's that? It's not bad, but I'd rather see you wear it over your ass. (laughs) (laughs) So diaper, Sid. That's called a diaper. A diaper. There you go. I mean, here's the thing. You and I going to be wearing diapers together? Oh, I got a lot less than that, less than thirty. But (laughs) but but on on a on a medical note, and you can you can speak to this. This uh, new variant, this COVID, this nonsense of people are wearing masks and get. Correct me if I'm wrong. I know I'm right, but correct me if I'm wrong. In terms of symptoms and how sick people get. It's not even as bad as the flu. So if you have the flu, why shouldn't you wear a mask? Well, first of all, it's it's um, it's similar to the flu now. And I've known that for about a year uh, because I talked to Rav Gupta out of the United Kingdom, who's the top virus researcher in the world. And he said, you know, I've looked at this in the test tube and it ain't the same virus anymore. It's upper respiratory now. It's not going as deep into the lungs. And that's without considering all the immunity in the community that I just talked about. So it's very similar to the flu right now. And, and, and again, you know, that's where choice comes in. I mean, uh, with the flu, you, you should stay home when you're sick. The only difference between this and the flu is that you could have this for a few days and not know it. And right. it's a smaller virus. So right. it's, it's, it's worth doing rapid testing of this thing. Oh, if, God, if no. Oh, no. Don't do that, please. Don't give these companies if you more, more think money. You have it. Do not give these companies more money. This is the biggest scam I've ever seen. This is like Bernie Madoff with medicine. Do not give them more money. I but love you, but no. say they invest in WABC. What are we going to do? <laughs> One last thing for you. So, Phil, Macedonia Phil's here today. 
And um, wow. I, I've been, yeah, he's here. And I've been noticing he's been itching a lot down by his private parts. And so we're not sure, but he may have syphilis. What does the doctor recommend Phil take this morning for that? Well, I, what do you mean syphilis? Syphilis isn't scratching your groin. That's crabs he's got or some kind of lice oh, or something God, crawling around. No, you better stay the hell away crabs. from him. Hey, oh. hey, 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 listen, Sid, you better put on a mask. <laughs> <laughs> And gloves. Uh, I'm just kidding. By the way, Phil is uh, as clean as they come, and he's a wonderful kid, and I love him. Hey, uh, Dr. Siegel, you're always funny. I think about you. See, you're a medical guy, so you have a very valuable information, but you're funny. You like sports. You're just a treasure. I love you, pal. Thank you so much. I was so much looking to forward to this today because we could start with an actual sports issue. Yeah. With, you know, we didn't have to wedge it in. It was right there. No, it was fun. You were great. You're always great. Thank you for stopping by. And uh, Lashana Tova, Dr. Mark, Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, a great man, and God will shine on you over the next year. You too. Without a mask. He's, he's grinning ear to ear. <laughs> Don't worry, I'll wear a mask to shul. There he is, uh, Dr. Mark Siegel. you got to love him. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. This song goes from Super Tramp to the Illegals. This is my Casey Kasem dedication to you. It goes just like this, folks. Take the long way home. Friends in the morning. Tomorrow, 
Classic by Stick. Sail away as we wrap up another week of great shows on Sitting Friends in the Morning and my uh, my crew, just amazing. Lou Rafino, what a week, man. Lou, you are the best ever. Noam Layton, tremendous. Jim Flippin, terrific stuff. And Macedonia, Phil, filling in for Justin Ellick today, reminded me how great he is. He is great. Thank you, Macedonia. Phil, great job today. That will do it for us. The God. best morning host in America. Yeah, God willing. <laughs> we'll all be back, as Gene would say, 6 o'clock on your Monday morning. Until then, gorgeous weekend ahead. From all of us to all of you. Peace. And the dreams we had. We lived happily forever. So the story goes, but somehow we missed out. Grand Canyon University's RN to BSN online degree program makes earning your bachelor's in nursing possible. Balance online coursework with local in-person clinicals to position yourself for potential leadership opportunities in the time you have from wherever you are. Leaving room for what matters. Achieve your goals with your personalized plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu.